Whoa. Is it working on your end now? Yeah. Did you click something or was it because you said that? That's really funny. I totally thought that you saying. <laughs> no, I just record on my end. Hey, he can record me. Made it record us. It should have. It should have. But technology hasn't gotten there yet. I don't understand technology. No. All right. So uh, we started already. But we did? Yeah. Oh, hey. Surprise. Cool. All right. So hi, everyone. And everyone who's contractually obligated to listen to me. Uh, welcome back to yet another fun and educational and inspiring episode of Stuff We're Obsessed With. I am the eternal whisper that makes you wonder whether or not you turned off your oven, Jose. And joining me today is my super duper special guest co-host, uh, Josh Bres- Breslow. Say hi, Josh. Hey, so I do have to point out that I went to Chattanooga this past weekend and I was there for a total of 48 hours and the entire time. I kept thinking in my head and starting to get anxious because I thought I forgot to turn my oven off. So I think I now know who to blame about that, but that was some scary stuff. It happens. It happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's that sometimes it's you might have left something else on. That's not the oven. Maybe your car, my hair curler, who knows that will be serious. Then if you left your hair curler on, it really would. Cause these curly locks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everyone has to imagine that now. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So basically the, the basics, how, how are you doing today? Oh, wow. You're asking me? That's so polite of you. Yeah. I'm asking you, how are you doing? Hey, today? I'm doing great. I've literally done nothing. And I've been looking forward to this all day as it's getting dark outside next to me. I'm starting to get, you know, a little weary of whether or not I made the right decision by doing this. Cause we're going to talk ghost stories and, and the paranormal. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Well, just to make you feel any better, I live very close to a civil war cemetery. Okay, so you're basically screwed. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I scared okay. myself. I think it was yesterday when I was mm-hmm. finishing this. I, I was walking in my living room and I turned my, the corner and I thought I saw something. And it wasn't. It was just the door from the closet. But that's every movie ever where you think you see something. It turns out it's nothing. And then it's actually just a ghost murderer that's in your home. So there we go. I mean, if it's a murderer, I'm cool with it because I have a lot of student loans and that would just rid me of so many problems. So I'm cool. Mm, I mean, that's true. You can't complain that much. But a ghost murderer? Well, we are talking about a ghost murderer today. So actually, go. that was a great segue a into segue. the topic. It, 10 yeah. points, 10 points. <laughs> uh, so you want to do the, the honors of reading the preface? You know what? I think I can do that, but only because you gave it to me. And I do want to yeah, point out that you wrote it. So... I want to make it clear that it has not been fact-checked by me, so anything I say can be held against you, but not against me. Are we cool with that? Yeah, sure. All right, so this story takes place 125 years after the events of the Salem Witch Trials. The United States of America, you may have heard of it, had been born, and by now five presidents had left their mark on the country. The threats of the Civil War were years away from happening, and the country was going through a century-long on-and-off-again vampire epidemic. All right. Okay. But more on that later, and our focus shall now turn to the Antebellum South. It's within these lands that our story takes place. 
What many have come to regard as the scariest haunting in America, others say this is nothing more than a case of fraud from the writer of the tale to the family. Despite what many might say, there's one thing that is very, very clear, not according to me, but according to someone else, the Bell Witch killed John Bell. That was well written. I know. I know. That was the last thing that I actually wrote for this, and it took me an hour to write it. I hope I delivered it well enough. You did I mean, pretty I didn't good. You voices. did pretty good. You did pretty good. Yeah, yeah you did pretty good. <laughs> all right, let's start this. Um, all right, let's see how long I can do this. <clears throat> so our story begins with John Bell Sr. and his wife, Lucy Williams. He was in his 30s and she was 12 years old when they married in 1732. John and Lucy originally were from North Carolina and they moved to Tennessee in the early 1800s. By that point, they had five children. They later added three more when they settled in the Red River area, now known as Adams, Tennessee. I've never been there. It's, I believe that's Robertson County. I've been mm-hmm. there in that area a few times, um, never to the area where this happened, but good place. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. By the standards of the period, they had done very well with the number of surviving children. They had six children who survived to adulthood and only two in the ground. That's sad. I mean, that's depressing that that's like a happy thing. It is. It is. I mean, for that period, that's like the gold standard for that family, basically. God. It was seen that their troubles began before arriving to Tennessee. Actually, in my, this is the first intro cut that I'm going to do to myself because, except Mm -hmm. for my information that I found, uh, basically said that the uh, Bells were extremely successful in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Then, at one point, stuff started going wrong. There were really strange phenomena happening in their farms. There's another theory that says that John Bell probably was a bad farmer. So, I mean, he doesn't seem like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go with that answer, honestly. So uh, at one point, their crops would not grow, but their neighbor's crops were growing. Uh, and mm-hmm. then their livestock uh, got a strange disease. Uh, there was something else that I found but I'm not going to talk about it until the very end. They might explain also why they left North Carolina. That was the longest tease ever know, to say, I'm not going to tell you unless you listen for the next hour and a half. And then I'll tell you this one thing. Yeah. Yeah. You must watch a lot of TV news. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Okay. Besides the strange occurrences on their farm, on their journey to Tennessee, the Bells were witness to the strange and mysterious brown mountain lights. By journal accounts, they did witness these. Again, this is from yet one of the billion sources I found telling this story. But have you ever heard of the brown mountain lights? No, and they sound made up, but a journal says it. So if a journal says it, just like the internet, it's true. It is true. Everything's very true on the internet. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a side note because I'm, I'm full of knowledge and I like to vomit knowledge on everybody. So as long as you don't actually throw up, I'm cool. We don't kink shame in this program. Okay, sorry. Whew, my bad. We kink ask why. <laughs> uh, so what are the Brown Mountain Lights? The Brown Mountains is a part of the Pixar National Forest, and this is located near Morgantown, West North Carolina. Uh, published reports say that the lights began in 1912, but it is known that they started, uh, uh, they've been known, but they've been going on for far longer. But is that is that like around when electricity was made? Because are the lights just electricity? So this is the fun part. The theory, there's the two theory states that before electricity, it could have been campfires. Okay. 
So it could have been campfires in the distance and by the mist in the area made it seem look like they were strange, weird lights. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's either flashlights or cars. Well, okay, but then also when electricity didn't exist, would people have known what lights even were? You're welcome. No, I mean, that's I my guess. contribution. Yeah, I can go now. <laughs> so the lights are strange orbs that move through the Ling Gorge area. There's no official explanation as to what they are. Allegedly. Uh, the activity is still known to go on to this day. The folklore around the Brown Mountains. It was said that the site was a great Native American battle. They were mentioning the names and the sources, and I could not, for the life of me, write the correct name, so I was not going to butcher them. But it was two different groups that were fighting in the area, and it's said that the orbs and the lights represent the loved ones of the deceased who is still searching for them. Okay. It's kind of pretty and kind of sad. I like the next idea, though. Your foes? Yeah. It means simple. I'm, I'm hoping it's full-out aliens. Why? I mean, we'll never know. It won't matter. I mean, we have no answer. I mean, if it's UFOs, it, it could explain a lot. You've just been going there, checking things out, and then leave. Yeah. There's no farms around that, there, so there's no cows. Do they want cows? There's a lot of activities involving UFOs and cows. Is this work appropriate slash appropriate for this podcast to even talk about what they do with the cows? Everyone knows. Everyone knows what they do with the cows. And once you get involved in this, there's no going back. Once you get involved with cows? No, once you get involved with this podcast. I mean, once. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we've opened doors. This is like one door after another. We step through. We have to go through these doors. But yes, this. Yeah. I think they covered (laughs) it in the latest episode of American Horror Story, actually. Okay. See, I'm two episodes behind. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. I'm excited to watch it, but uh, I would have preferred if they stayed black and white. Well, now I'm a little concerned, though, that it involves people, aliens and cows, but. But it's so good, though. It's so good. I mean, I'll... I wasn't a fan of the of the pill thing they were doing in the early no, season. No, that was pretty dumb. I'll just say it. But now, but yeah, no, it was. But now they're involving aliens, and it's pretty legit. But it's two different stories, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's what COVID made them do, so. Oh, is that why they did it? Yeah. Yeah. It was to conserve time and, like, all the actors and stuff like that. Oh, Okay. I mean, I would have known that if I had looked on Wikipedia, but I decided against it, apparently. I don't do my own research. (laughs) Well, uh, the family brought some land around the Red River area in 1804. The the land around the Red River is said to be cursed. Again, this is from yet another billion source that it was cursed. Another one said it kind of was just abandoned by the natives after they used it. Mm This is true because there's a lot of Indian burial mounds in that area, according to the Bell family. So that's the explanation why there's spirits there because of the Indian burial mounds. Uh, For a few years, the family would claim that nothing supernatural was happening. But then when the hauntings began, they lasted for more than four years. So they were just like, nah, nothing going on. Look the other way. It's fine. Yeah. Nothing to see here. They started when Betsy turned 12. Okay. So the... Yeah, they started when she was uh, she just turned 12 and then they started around the same time that John Bell had was having some issues with a neighbor. And we'll get to that neighbor actually pretty soon. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm re- I'm seeing this for the first time. This is all brand new information that I've never seen before. I sent them the email the day before, so he should have read something. I read at least 
a li- like 10% of it. That's fine. That, that works for me. 10% works. <laughs> um, by 1816, I think by this point, this is the last date I'm going to say. Because this is okay. because after this point, the dates just go all over the place. So by 18. 18- well, I mean, there's like 900 different stories. So, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so by 1816, John Bell Sr. was one of the wealthiest and most influential men within the community in the Red River area. He was well respected as seen as an outstanding Christian. Uh, basically, no neighbor had anything bad to say about him. There was another source that I found that said that John Bell had a thing about owning people money. Oh, that he, he will try to avoid owing people money as best as he could. Oh, so not that he did owe people money, just mm-hmm. that he... Okay, so he didn't have like a gambling problem that we're learning about. Yeah, no. Okay. No. But again, I, there's another one that said that he was into a lot of really shady business deals. Hmm. And that's why he got his fortune. Okay. So basically two possibly very different stories is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's one thing uh, that is, conf- that it's confirmed is that the bell family had uh, nine slaves. Okay. And yeah, it's kind of a disgusting thing to mention, but it's kind of important quote unquote, because the amount of enslaved people you had meant the, the wealthier you had, you were. Mm-hmm. So it also meant status and rank within the community. And because of the bells having this amount of people, made them in a pretty important position within that area okay yeah we gotta we talk about them at, uh later on once the once the spooks begin i mean i'm excited for that but we gotta give the background first we gotta let people exactly, know what's going exactly. on i mean if we don't know the players how are we gonna know the game wow what a sports ball reference there i don't i don't do the sports i mean it sounds like you do no <laughs> to do the sports in this household <laughs> all right so the only neighbor who had it uh, who had anything bad to say about john bell was a woman named kate bass who was a well-known character in the community this wasn't the original word i heard about her what was it uh Did it start with a b because i feel like it started with a b no it started with an f and then a c and then a b wow Assuming that I'm thinking of the right words. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. So hmm. let me explain as to why this woman was the way she was. Because basically, Kate was a woman extremely ahead of her time in her behavior. Um, she was known as O Kate, but she was 40. Well, back then that was you know, back then that was like elderly. She was you were at the end of your life. Basically, basically. Uh, she was also very thick. She was a thick girl. I, I can you explain what that means? Well, again, most some references said that she was heavy, mm-hmm. and others said that she had very big, full arms. Others said she oh. was uh, had a, a full figure. So, in general terms, terms, let's just go that Kate was thick. She was a heavy, thick oh, I, girl. I, I think that's a good way to umbrella term mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, I feel good mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate had taken over her family's farm after her husband had an accident where his legs were cu- got crushed. I had another source that said he was dead. So I'm just going with the legs were crushed. Hmm. Uh, Kate, who was a very, okay. already very outspoken uh, before this, became even more outspoken after the accident. Um, in our modern terms, Kate will be a boss-ass bitch, but we're, we might redefine that later on. How, so. how are we going to redefine that? 
I think we defined it pretty well. I might be spoiling something, but oh. they had slaves. Oh, yeah. Mm. Nope. So, you know. No, no. No, 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 no. Uh, she also had two sons who basically worked on her farm. But just those two. Yeah. So she did have two men who she needed. Uh, Kate being a woman dealing in a man's world, she was quite paranoid. Uh, constantly accusing people of screwing her over or never hesitating to verbally assault people. Basically, it was anyone who dared to go at her, she would, you know, go back. Uh, because of this behavior and given the times, it was easy to assume that Kate will be a Taylor Swift fan. What the... what? What? I mean, obviously, I mean a witch. I mean a witch. But, I mean, that doesn't make it any better. It will be more influence over the machine. She'll be more influence over the machine fan, or maybe an Amy item. I'm okay. I'm confused. House. Are we talking negatively about Taylor Swift? I mean, I've been on the Taylor Swift binge lately, and I need to get rid of it. Oh well, that I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just that I'm I'm in the same three songs over and over again. I mean, she has so many albums. Just kind of vary it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'm going to come out of the closet with this one. I only like three songs. In general or by Taylor Swift? In general. Just, just, just three songs oh. by Taylor Swift. That's it. I mean, no I was more. actually listening to several of her albums earlier today, as I do on a daily basis. And I, I, I am try, not a witch. I try. I try. I mean, yeah, I mean, I might be. Who knows? Who knows? But I try. I just can't. I just can't with her. She's so perfect. She, she's okay. She's okay. Oof. she's okay all i'm right, sorry but i gotta go i gotta I go live with, i live with a swifty and it's mm-hmm. fine it's fine <laughs> i mean it kind of balances itself out in a way by you not liking uh, her that much yeah no that makes sense and he likes her yeah. and he likes her so it's fine it's fine get it uh, but the, but we were going to explain something as to why maybe kate bass was probably a witch right now okay uh which didn't help her in her favor is that she will go around town and asking the women for a brass pin uh I don't know what that means. It was believed. It was believed that a brass, uh, the witch took a brass pin mm-hmm. from the person. She will be able to control the donor. I don't remember seeing that on Sabrina, the teenage witch, but I'll believe you. No, no. There was also something about moles. If the witch had like mm-hmm. a mole in her body. What happened? Yeah. If- yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great time for women back then. At least it's good now. Should, should we move on? <laughs> There's a there was a rumor that could support the possibility that Kate Bass was a witch. Uh, there was a belief that a witch could mess with a person's butter. That's just rude. That doesn't make somebody a witch. That makes them rude. That makes them rude. But also, it's okay. Let's 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 develop this one. Okay, so they could curse the butter by spoiling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a girl in the area who was trying to churn her butter for more than two hours, and nothing was happening. So much like John was a bad farmer, this girl was just really bad at making butter. Or could have been a witch. Or that, I guess. Or could have been a witch. Uh, So she decided to teach the witch a lesson by sticking a red hot poker into the unchurned butter. Uh, Then the girl made an excuse to go visit Kate. And upon visiting her, she saw that Kate was nursing a wound in her hand. Hmm. Uh, uh, Kate allegedly claimed that she grabbed the wrong end of, of her poker. Sounds fishy to me. It sounds pretty fishy. Uh, but, you know, it's, 
make a little side note on, on magic because I, yes, even though this was 125 years after the events of Salem, mm-hmm. there was a form of magic in the area. I don't know how far uh, powwowing got into Tennessee, but I know it was, this was a form of magic that was accepted in this period. Uh, so powwow was also no. I oh, I am gonna butcher this word really bad. And I like, don't know what that word is even a little. I heard it last night, and I should have recorded it so I could have try, try and learn it today. But oof, okay, let's try. Let me try. Okay, so powwow is also known as browchery. Wait, hold. Now I, I, I felt like I cursed myself saying that word. Okay, oof, let's go. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone from Dutch Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a form of folk magic and healing remedies with originally from Pennsylvania oh, among the, uh, German descent. I don't think that's right. <laughs> oh, hi. Maybe. Oh, hi. Oh, there's another R. Is there? I guess that's right. All right. Let's go with that. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> this is not our Apple sponsored. Just slide that one in there. But it could be one day. It could be one day. We're hoping. Uh, This was basically a collection of rituals and charms and traditions, uh, uh, traditional medicine involved. So basically, like I said, it was magic and medicine. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was very, uh, this, this, I lost myself. Give me a second. My brain's just powering three three different things at the same time right it's, now. Well, it's all the facts. It's all the, the facts. No, it's, it's, like I, it's like I said. I'm I'm think I'm reading this, but also at the same time, my brain is saying, "Don't forget the the about the other fourteen other things that we learn about this one particular thing." You're also afraid because you realize that you pronounced that one word wrong. That looks a, nothing like the way it sounds. A wee bit. Apparently. A wee bit. Not how much. Just, just a wee a bit. bit. Yeah. Okay. So as I was. <laughs> This collection of rituals and charms in traditional medicine was born in Europe and it came to Pennsylvania with the early settlers and during the American colonial period. Again, it was pretty much a septic form of magic. Even though both words are shared, you know, traditional Native American powwow and this version of powwow, they don't mean the same thing. One is folk magic. The other one is referring to a massive social gathering of people from all different backgrounds. Uh, the the the, ter- the practice today is used under a different term, which is that term the Siri said, because I'm not going to say it again. Are you, are you sure you don't want to try it one no, more time? I'm good. Okay. I'm super duper good. Uh, to, so I found a quote unquote spell slash prayer mm-hmm. to to treat a fever. So basically, what you would do is that you uh, to treat a fever, you will turn your shirt inside out. Uh, for three mornings in a row as you're doing this you say turn thou shirt and fever like likewise turn i tell thee this in the name of the god the father the son and the holy ghost after the third day the fever will subside i mean i would try that the next time i have a fever but i would like to point out that whenever i've had a fever it goes away in about two to three days so maybe you probably turn your shirt inside out three times. Oh, I was going to say, maybe most people only have fevers for three days. So naturally they went away. No, nah, it's magic, bro. Magic. It's magic. 
Okay, so as I was saying, before we go Yas Queen on Kate, like I said, you know, spoiler alert, earlier, she's a slave owner. Boo. Exactly, boo. We boo that here. It is believed that it was because of that that she and John Bell got into a problem after her husband's accident or death. However you want to pick. Um, You have multiple choice. Kate and John got into an arrangement over a piece of land. And in the bill of sale, John never wrote down uh, an amount of interest rate on her loan. And in the first payment, John charged her a ridiculous amount of money. And basically, uh, Kate just canceled him. Can you do that back in the 1800s? You can. You It was a form of public shaming. Gotcha. Uh, so she stayed basically on his case until the day he died. And... Uh, uh, like I said, this was the oh, so Mason. So in 1822, by the, by this point, John Bell was dead. So spoiler alert, he dies. Um, and the church ended up excommunicating him for greed. There was a proper term for it, but in, in modern day terms, it's greed. It's basically greed. I feel like a lot of people should be excommunicated from their church if that's the case. You'd be surprised how the <laughs> early church in America was. Ex- mm-hmm super sensitive about money everyone was super sensitive about money right uh so basically right after the the revolution and and the country was forming itself and all that stuff like i said people were really sensitive about taxation and interest rates and all that stuff to the point that was even considered a sin well and they you know had the boston tea party yeah no but i mean that's not around this time earlier this was way earlier than that i mean er, yeah earlier we're talking about later the country Whatever, it's all the same facts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so but like I said, by the 1822, the huntings at this point were kind of still going on, even though after John Bell died, we're again, super spoiler, uh, the huntings did continue for a little while. And it's believed that the church excommunicated him using the situation with his neighbor, Kate Bass, as an excuse, but they most, it's theorized, quote unquote, that they mostly excommunicated him because he had a demon in his land. And they didn't want to deal with that. So they just used the excuse between the mm-hmm. two neighbors bickering. as like, oh, yeah, no. Gone. Uh, there was a lot of things involving Kate that didn't help her with her social standings. Basically, you know, her being the witch. Uh, Kate was very peculiar. So, mm-hmm. uh, she was very peculiar on Sundays. Uh, she would never miss church because, you know, church was part of everyone's day back then. But she was always arriving late. She was, she was. I think, she, I think there was a uh, one of the sources said that John uh, chastised her for being there thirty minutes late or something like that at one in one of the services. Besides arriving there late, she was also very loud. Her amens and her singing were always the loudest, and I I underlined the word loudest and not the nicest singing. That was something every source said that she was loud. So we all, basically at this point, we all know a Kate. We all have a Kate in our lives. As long as they don't, they're no longer slave owners, we know a Kate. Oh yeah, that, that, that's true. Aside, aside from that one fact. Aside from that. <laughs> so on one Sunday, while a simple sermon of fire and brimstone and eternal damnation was, going, uh, was coming out of the mouth of Reverend Sug Ford, uh, these were, this one source actually named a bunch of people, which was kind of cool. So... This was a member of the church named Joe Edwards, according to the source, that's his name, uh, he, and he decided to come forth and get right with the Lord. 
So the congregation is forming a circle around him and they begin to pray and they're singing and Joe is on all fours and he's screaming and, you know, he's screaming out his confessions. Enters Kate Bass. This woman just walks into the scene with no idea of the situation, no context of the situation. And she decides to break the prayer circle. Uh, According to the source, she does this by lifting her skirt over her shoulder and sits on top of Joe. And then she begins to yell even louder than him. I've seen that movie. Which one? I just, I don't know. It just seemed like an appropriate thing to say. <laughs> uh, as, Joe was, as Joe was finally coming out of his uh, religious trance, he began to yell, according to the source, mm-hmm. and I quote, Lord, save me, sweet Jesus, lift Satan off me, and I will surely sink down to the eternal torment. Hmm. I mean, I say the same thing every morning when I wake up. And I guess when someone sits on you. For that, I say thank you. Silence. (laughs) You walked into that I need an adult. You walked into that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so one of the members of the congregations asked uh, asked her to maybe she should get off. And she said no. Uh, This is a quote. This is one of the quotes I found. And I found very funny about her. She started saying, let him suffocate, preacher. I'm helping him get closer to the Lord. Okay. I like her. I mean, she's not wrong. I kind of like her. You know, minus the whole slave slave thing. We've already said she's not a very likable character. But I'm finding things about her that are redeeming. Okay. Everyone has one redeeming quality. But one quick question. Mm -hmm. These quotes... Shouldn't they be in like old English? I feel like they should have no. like no, in... no. I tried. We're not gonna. I, mm. No, we're not gonna do that here. Oh, were they I, in old English and you translated them? Yes, I. I last you. week, I uh, last episode, I stuck my foot in my mouth trying to imitate uh, Prince Charles, and I'm not doing that again. Okay, okay. Well, at least there's a reason for it, though. I feel I feel good about it. Then I was just wondering. Um, no, I, yeah, no, we're not doing that here anymore. <laughs> we've learned we've learned from our mistakes and we're growing as people it only took two episodes and you're there yeah 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 i mean i i know my ranges of what i can do with my voice mm-hmm. it's no prince charles okay so we're not doing that here no more uh, uh well surprisingly enough the people found this very funny uh well everyone but john bell john called her a witch and she responded back by giving him a full-on curse Hmm. this is this okay when i heard this it bothered me so much uh not because of the 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 whole he called her a witch thing or anything it's Mm -hmm. because of the period um i i don't think she would have done that like she wouldn't have put a curse on i I don't think i would i don't think she would have like i think the whole she's sitting on top of the dude Mm -hmm. i think she would have done that yes that's fine but I don't think she would have full-on cursed John Bell in front of everybody. Like she would have gone home and made like a voodoo doll? and No, I don't think... Th- I don't, well, maybe that. Maybe in private she could have possibly done that. But how the authors of this story elaborate on the situation, uh, most, most skeptics think that um, that's a lie. Okay. Like the, or at least, at least it's a... 
is an exaggeration of the story of her to make her seem more possible to be the witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, even though it was a hundred and some 125 years after the Salem witch trial, and there was a form of magic, quote unquote, people were still not super cool with you going full on cursing someone. I mean, I don't I don't think people are cool with that now. I mean, true, <laughs> but back then you could have gotten yourself hanged. Right. True. So again, to me, this is one of the reasons why this story is kind of very interesting because the Bell Witch, even though it could be quote unquote possibly true, Mm -hmm. it is also a example of this country's first historical fiction. Okay. Uh, That's, that's, yeah. We'll get to that point later on in the theories about this, the whole historical fiction part, because I didn't wrote that part in, but I remember all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it says that there's aspects of the stories that were sprinkled on with gen- extreme generosity <laughs> to make the story come alive. And this is one of the examples. I mean, you want it to be interesting and you want people to be scared and listen to it. So I could I could see why mm-hmm. someone would add or people would add on to it. But you're right. I mean, it would be kind of strange if you were trying to hide that you're a witch and you just start doing a full on curse right there in the middle Especially of the church. And- this is what 19, 19th, early 19th century America. Yeah, no, Mm-mm. we still were not that cool with witches or that stuff yet. We had a vampire epidemic that was starting from the 1700s that lasted into the early 20th century. It was going on and still off. Still confused about yeah. that, but you know, I'm just oh, gonna. I'll explain. I like that's I'll, I'll send episode. you a link about that later. But okay. yeah, that happened. Yeah, I need to learn more about that. that. Was a, that's Do we still cool. have that's one? Pretty cool. I'm going to talk about that at some point later on. You can come back for that one if you want. Oh, I mean, I need to because I'm. Concerned. I mean, you're now hooked on that I'm on scared. the vampire epidemic now. So, uh, mm-hmm. so also granted, or it was around this time with the with the situation with Kate and John was going on that the troubles in the family started. Well, it was trouble in the land at first because it was strange sightings and weird animals that the family started to see at first. Uh, John, in one of the sources I found, it elaborated the story. <laughs> of how it happened and i really like that one so he basically said that john bell senior was walking on his cornfield one day and he witnessed this large dog but it wasn't a dog it had the body of a dog but the head of a rabbit and the eyes were glowing green uh i don't i don't know if i buy that it was probably just a coyote that had a weird head i mean that's actually possible that's possible but also these strange sightings are have you heard of Skinwalker Ranch? No, that sounds awesome. So that's okay. So Skinwalker Ranch is this place. I think it's in, oh, I'm going to fail this one very bad. I think it's in New okay. Mexico or Arizona. I'm going to possibly say one more place. That general area. It's somewhere out there. And there's these strange animals, like weird chimeras, which are creatures with two different bodies or two different heads mm-hmm. are seen over there. And they're kind of the same creatures they're seeing around the bell farm when the early stages of the haunting began i mean that's kind of terrifying but then again we're talking a cornfield so like there's weird stuff so for a solid minute according to the source again this is the story how they said it they stood there in silence and then at one point john shot at it shot at the creature and it disappeared does it i mean it happens there's another source that said I shot it and then it hit it, but 
it didn't do anything and then they shot it again and that's when it disappeared okay so it ran off no it just disappeared hmm. i love how i'm the skeptic i'm like okay so this is what really happened yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm here for I- I'm usually I'm I'm in that weird area that I'm like oh yeah this is possible but then I'm also like there's 30 different reasons as to why this could be possible. Well, but I also want to question it so that I don't get scared and say wait there's a creature out there that's like a rabbit and a dog that could just be wandering. You you're you you're closer to that area than I am. So, I mean, technically, and the poltergeist is known to travel. Oh, why? Why are you doing that to me? It's starting to get dark. But I mean, the odds, I will say the odds of a creature that is half rabbit and half dog wandering a subdivision in Mount Juliet, mm, I it's think common. I'm safe. No, but I think it's pretty common. Why? Why would you do that? Because it's pretty common that it would happen. Can it jump a fence? I have a fence. It's a, it has the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit, of course. I guess. Yeah, you're right. Actually, rabbits can get into our yard. Yep. I mm-hmm. am screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Also, fun fact about why it's interesting that these weird chimera creatures show up. And it's according to the folklore, this is how the devil first manifests itself before hauntings. Hmm. Or in the case of the movie The Witch, have you seen that one? No, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen many movies called The Witch, but I don't think I've uh, seen This is the this 2015 is the Robert Eager movie with Anya Taylor Joy. You just said a lot of words and names, but no, I don't. I don't think I've seen that one. You should. Very good. Very good. Uh, so in the in the movie, they have this giant. It's not giant, but it's a very big looking black goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the folklore of Chimera legends with the devil, that sort of a manifestation. The devil was first started appearing as animals that we know, but they're slightly different. Like they might be grosser looking they might be a little taller they might look uh rotten or they might be actual chimeras which are creatures with two different heads mm-hmm. that's how the manifestation begins uh this is also the difference between as i again this is my weird sign notes uh this is the difference between poltergeist and demonic possessions demonic possessions you're searching for these things so you bring them in with like a guiji board or tarot cards or actually selling your soul mm-hmm. with versus these poltergeist activities where this thing is already in the area and then you're just screwed because you're in the area as well. I don't like that. No, no. I mean, when I was younger, I always wanted to have a Ouija board uh, just so I could summon something just because like, you know, when you're a kid, you like that. Mm -hmm. My mom refused to let me. She said, one of the things I will never let you do is have a Ouija board. It was very depressing. I mean, now it sounds uh, like it was a good thing, but I mean, it could it could it could be a good thing. Uh, I only play with it once, and this was in school. Uh, that seems like so a place that you should not it, have been. It was a great place to play with the Ouija board because they made the mistake of leaving me alone with the Ouija board, and I put magnets underneath the the little planchet thing, and while I was summoning, I was moving it under the table. That's just mean. I know, but it was their fault. Were you a bully in school? Because I feel like you were a bully. I wasn't. I was bullied. This was the few times I could take my revenge. Okay. So uh, we move on now. Another (laughs) weird sighting was made by the Suns. This one, when I found it, the conclusion was that both boys saw what they thought was a turkey. 
but it was a very large bird and it just opened his wings. So like big bird in the middle of a cornfield? Basically, but a big black bird. Oh. Uh, that was that was the sighting. It was, that was, yeah, one of them. It was just a big black bird who thought it was mm. a turkey. Uh, so, okay. So Betsy and Drury, which was one of the sons, told their parents that they were seeing an old woman around their fields and that the old, this old woman would vanish and then reappear again. John and Lucy, Lucy brushed it off saying that it was probably a new neighbor or someone that was lost. When the kids told the story to John during dinner, especially the part that the woman was disappearing, hmm. uh, he stopped eating, remained quiet for a very long time, and then he went to bed. The source claimed that allegedly this was the first time that John Bell got disturbed by the stories. I mean, he knew he had a, he knew he had a spell on him or a curse, so he probably was like, oh, it's her. So... This is, I don't think I wrote this part in, but apparently they probably may have also brought that, uh, the sons may have brought this on the family by accident. So in the mm-hmm. area when they when the family moved in there, there was a lot of Indian burial mounds. And I think it was Jury and another son or another friend were digging around the area and they found a skull. They brought it to the house. They were playing with the skull, a tooth fell, and then everything started. So blame the kids. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the giving. You always blame the kids. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So one day, Betsy and Richard and Joel, which was the other sons, uh, were out for a walk. Uh, they began to feel ill, like their energies were being drained from their bodies. Then dark clouds started to gather around the skies. And up ahead, they saw a figure in green in a tree. When they got closer to it, they saw that it was a woman wearing a green dress with long hair, long, dark hair, and she was hanging from the tree. She was clearly dead, but yet she was still crying. Uh, all right. If you, did you saw the movie, uh, the movie about this in American Haunting? Probably. I don't remember. Oh, don't watch it. It's terrible. I mean, I saw the Blair Witch Project. That's pretty good. It's actually kind of based. It, 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 it's loose in the waist. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, kind of. But yeah, the American Haunting kind of they kind of bring the character of the green dress. Uh, I think it's the little girl that hangs around Betsy sometimes. That's she's wearing a green dress. I saw the movie. When was it? I told you like a couple days ago. I saw it. I blocked the movie from my mm-hmm. memory after seeing it. And I remember why I blocked it from my memory the first time I saw it. Because it was so bad. It, it's not a necessary movie. It's not a necessary movie. The way they handle the theory that we're going to talk about, it's not, it's no, no, it's not excusable what they did. It's a terrible movie. Not excusable. Wow. It's those are some, those are some harsh words. I, I And I stand by my words. <laughs> I stand by my words. Okay. So the family will wake up to hearing tapping or scratching sounds. I thought about doing them on the mic, but I'm not because I'm, I'm nice. <laughs> these sounds were coming from outside of the house. These tapping sounds and these scratching sounds are the first early warning signs of a, of a poltergeist infestation, which is hear that also- making. Can you hear that? I'm making the sounds. I don't feel like they're coming through. No, they're not coming through. Oh, well, that was dumb. You, you get a gold star for trying. Do I? Yes. Because you never would have known it was happening. But you told me, so you get a gold star. That's, that's true. I mean, we ever, so you're just going to believe me? I mean, now you don't get the gold yeah, that's, star. That's on you. Now you don't get the gold star. 
You just you, dang it. No, well, you shouldn't have said anything. True. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. So like I was saying, the tapping and the scratching sounds are the first early warning signs of a poltergeist infestation in the house. It's the same thing with demonic possession. If you see The Exorcist, have you seen The Exorcist? I've seen it, but not in a very long time. Don't watch the the version they have in HBO. Like a newer version, or oh mm-hmm. yeah, no, I won't. Mm-hmm. Then. No, uh, the, if you can find the two thousand. I think it's five or 2008 version. Basically the one where she's walking in her, on her back mm-hmm. in the spider walk. That's the good one. Okay. Isn't that the original one? The, no, no. The original one doesn't have that scene. Oh. And there's a scene that's extremely important in the movie. There's two. There's the scene when the two priests are sitting in the staircase, mm-hmm. that, that whole thing, how they're humanizing the situation and how they're basically explaining the nature of evil and why will God allow this to happen to a child? Mm-hmm. All of that. Gone. Okay. Um, then there is the scene where priests, the other priests and the detective are talking and they become friends and there's a exchange there. That's also cut from that original 1973 version. Okay. So yeah. all the, I recommend the 2008 version or 2005, I think. So all the trash cut out, but all the important parts are in there, including walking on your back. Yes. As a spider. Yes. Or a crab. I don't know. Yes, a spider. It was. It's mostly because of the effect that that was a very tricky mm-hmm. effect to do in the seventies, and they couldn't do it until the two thousands. So they then integrated that scene into the movie. Hmm. The The Exorcist is one of the few movies that I can go into a rant about. So let's not open that door. Okay. No. No. I don't. I don't want you to have to do that. I don't want to bring that up for you, especially because it's really getting dark outside. I mean, it happens. It happens. We're in the spooky season. So once the spooky season mm-hmm. starts, we have to talk about the spooky se- spooky things all the time. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as I said, the, these sounds were gradually increasing and they were moving closer and closer into the house. Basically, the, 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 the sounds were moving around the house. At one point, one of the sources I found said that whenever the family were trying to locate the sounds in the room, it would move to a different room like rats moving so basically like paranormal activity type stuff where Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's Mm -hmm. not good no no and at first the bell simply assumed that these disturbances were being caused by the sons of kate bass with the help of her slaves uh they claimed that they were throwing stones at the house at night um and they were being done over retaliation of the over the high interest there was another source that said that they drilled holes through the house uh so they could get fish hooks and pea shooters into the into the place. They couldn't find any of that stuff. Okay. So, so we'll just skip this, over that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of mentioning it because the the attacks will increase, and for a, a period of a year, the family were not was not talking about this publicly. Mm-hmm. So again, that's a spoiler, a heading a head time spoiler. Yeah, they're going to go on the news and talk mm-hmm, all about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. For the news of the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Then the sound moved in, into the house. It sounded like an animal was snarling in at the foot of their beds. Uh, they thought that some animal must have, got, must have found their way into the house at night. But there was no signs of an animal found inside the house or outside the house. When the bells would, would often investigate the sounds, like I mentioned earlier, they were, the sound was moving. It would go from one room to the next. Mm-hmm. There was another one that said that the sound wasn't exactly a snarling. It was more like it was gnawing at the bed. 
but they, mm-hmm. when they looked at the bed, they couldn't find any bite marks or chew marks or anything like that. Well, that's creepy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, then the noises escalated further. The family began to hear chains being dragged through the floors. And these are this house is wooden floors. So imagine that. Hmm. And this is the best part. When they were sleeping, their pillows would be thrown across the room and their covers would be ripped from their beds and the house will shake. So that's more so like paranormal activity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is when the uh, the poltergeist activity starts increasing in strength and it starts targeting the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, then those sounds would be joined by the sounds of smacking lips. Uh, I just saw my notes what I wrote. Uh, and worse, oh, or kinkiest of all, let's, you know, we don't Depending shame on in, how you look at exactly, it. Exactly. We don't shame in this program. Uh, then it, the sounds started to... It, the sound became a choking sound. It sounded like someone was being choked. So can you imagine just all night and then the all night long? I mean, I feel like I can make a joke, but, you know, we're being serious here. So no, no, I can't. Well, imagine no, no, that. no. Go ahead. No, no. You open the door. Go ahead. Open. No, it's door. too late now. The moment has passed. <laughs> Obviously, this, there was no safety word involved in that choking. So I made the joke. <laughs> Uh, the again another joke the poltergeists are not big in consent and this is true this is true poltergeists are extremely not big in consent and we'll see why very soon uh, then the sounds of invisible dogs fighting could be heard extremely late in the evenings and the sounds of storms and howling winds and the sounds of bangs coming from the roof as if someone was throwing rocks and again the family will go out and there was nothing outside mm. no storms no rocks not nothing Nothing. And, and the scariest of all, the phantom sounds of angry ducks w- could be heard flapping and quacking in anger. But to be fair, ducks are terrifying creatures. They are. They're the worst. They'll just sit it's, outside it's your geese. window. It was geese. When a source said it was mm. the sound of geese. I feel like geese are just angry by nature, though. Like ducks are scary, but geese are just, mm-hmm. they the got something wrong with them. Angry. Mm-hmm. So a side note on the poltergeist. So poltergeist comes from, not the movie, just the term poltergeist. Right. Uh, poltergeist comes from a German word, which means noisy ghost. Hmm. Uh, it's a ghost that likes to make a lot of noise. That's, you know, simply put. Uh, skeptics of the phenomenon often claim that this activity is often focused around a young girl. And it could, it could simply just be a tantrum or seeking attention. Mm-hmm. The psychological factor will say that the poltergeist activity could be easily explained with memory lapses, wishful thinking, or a person just imagining the whole situation. And there's this uh, condition called, let me see, I wrote it down on my, computer, on my phone. It's called pol- uh, poltergeist faking syndrome, which was uh, now skeptics are throwing it around this, the, the, the story of the Bell family, specifically around Betsy, that she was experiencing that condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very brief list of famous poltergeist hauntings. Uh, this was the only ones I could actually pronounce. The drummer of Ted Worth, the Stockwell Ghost. This is my favorite, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to look for this one at some point. Geth the Talking Mongoose. Yeah, that's a very popular one. You've never seen and or heard mm-hmm. of that? No, no, I have not. I have not. That would make a good next Conjuring movie. 
Uh, well, we're going to talk about two Conjuring movies right now. Uh, okay. The, the okay. Amityville case. Mm-hmm. Well, technically it's not a Conjuring movie, but it just falls goes in it. that. It falls in that. And then the Enfield Poltergeist, which was, I think this was Conjuring 2. But where's Annabelle? Because that's still my favorite. I don't, I haven't seen Annabelle. What? I haven't seen the, con- I've seen Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2. I thought I see, I started watching The Witch. And I just, the movie made me very angry. Well, you need to see The Nun, and then you need to see... No, I, that was the one, I'm sorry. I the think nun, it's something okay. else. It's The Nun, The Nun, not The Witch. The Witch is the other movie, yeah. The Nun. The Nun, I started watching The Nun, made me very angry because it was not contributing anything to the mythology. No, it's just entertaining. But I need, I need substance. And it has the girl from American Horror Story. So by that... I'm going to say this, you don't have to... She was there for nepotism. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the only reason. Yes. No, you are. She's a great actress. She's a great actress. I love her. I've been to do, we talk about her in like an MCU movie Mm -hmm. all the time. But I just like, again, the nun did not do anything for me. Hmm. Well, there's also both Annabelle movies. You got to watch those. I'll make it. I'll make an effort. And there's the curse of La Lorna. I can't say it, but. La Llorona? Yeah, that. Yeah, that's part of the conjuring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I said it nothing like the way you said it. I'm glad you were here to correct me because you're welcome. It was pretty bad on my part. You're welcome. I think that's like the third or second episode in Supernatural. Oh, really? I think it was so. a good movie. It the- has that one actress who's in everything whose name I can never remember. Um, but she was Velma in Scooby Doo, and she's on the show Dead to Me. Linda Cardellini. That sounds correct. Wow. But don't remember Linda Cardellini. No, but she is the main character in that movie. Okay. So basically what I'm saying is watch all of these movies. And I took us on a rant, a little. uh, It's fine. It's fine. We're all about rants in here. Tangents and whatnot. Now I got to work the conjuring into my schedule. All right. All right. I'll I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. (laughs) Back to what the people actually want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our best, mm-hmm, I guess. Uh, so, like I mentioned earlier, as another spoiler, for during the first year of these poltergeist activities, the family stayed quiet. Given the the time period, it was very common for private things within the family to stay private. But it to a it got to a point that things were getting very bad, and the family needed to do something. But all that changed one night in 1818 when Betsy was violently woken up in the middle of the night being physically attacked by the entity. Mm. It all started when she awoke uh, when a phantom force grabbed her by her hair, pulled her out of the bed. As she screamed for help, her brother Richard was also being dragged out of his bed from, by his hair. And she began to, sh- the more she struggled, the harder the ghost was hitting her. That's terrifying. It is. It is. It is. It's not a fun way to get woken up. Nope. Uh, On another night, John Bell found her covering her ears and she was bleeding. Like her, she was holding her ears. She was bleeding. Mm -hmm. Uh, The family needed to get help. uh, So they went to a close family friend. Uh, uh, A source I found was just calling him James Johnston. And then I found he was a reverend. And then in the same source I found... I also found out that John Bell was also an elder in the church. The church. Well, wait, he wasn't sat on. The other guy was. So never mind. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so they went to a close family friend called James, uh, Reverend James Johnston and his wife, and they agreed to spend the night in the house to see, you know, if them being there, something would happen. And Bells, the Bells wanted to also see if someone being in the house would provoke the spirit. So basically, everyone wanted to see if something or something or nothing was going to happen. Not oh, so the they did a, the traditional dinner and then they did a little service thing, which was very common for the uh, reverend to do. And then that night, it started. You know, the 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 sounds of snarling dogs filled the entire house. Each room had the sounds of rats running through them. Betsy was awoken yet again by having her hair pulled. She was being slapped a total of seven times. And then the next morning, James told Belle that they, it, it, the quote said uh, that they had a spirit just like in the Bible. He told them that they had to confess to the community that they had a demon loose in their house. Which, I mean, again, this is why we have Facebook now, so we can post things and people find out. We don't have to scream it to our neighbors. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, if you see a post from me that says, hey, guys, got to confess, there's a demon loose in my home. I mean, that would probably like... Oh, I thought you were going to confess about your cover shorts. I thought we were going to open that discussion here so you can apologize um, about that. I love a good pair of cargo shorts. Even now, in the year 2021... I have a lot of stuff to hold that just wouldn't fit in regular pockets. So I need the cargo shorts that have those extra pockets for, you know, my wallet, my chapstick. That's really all I carry. My keys, I guess. <laughs> your, no, not your phone. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> kind of the most important thing, even more That's important the one. than my wallet. Yeah. Um, but I will never apologize for cargo shorts. And no one out there listening should ever apologize for their cargo shorts. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that part out later if they should or not. Uh, so the, basically the idea was if the whole community knew what was going on, their collective Christian faith will be enough to help get rid of the witch. Okay. Yeah. I mean... It sounds smart because collectively they're all their energies are focusing, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. but it's not, that's not what happens. Uh, it does not happen like that at all. Spoiler alert. Big spoiler alert. Uh, also not spoiler, well, spoiler because I don't, mean, I don't write this in, into the thing, but uh, they started getting a lot of uh, visitors, but Bell, John Bell never charged anyone to stay there. Like he wasn't charging people when all this stuff when they were getting visited. That's because he's an elder in the church. It was also deed. thought. It was also thought that if he was seen to be um, profiting out of this, then it will you know make a stronger case that it was fake. Oh no, that makes sense too. So yeah, I just want to so, pretend that he's doing good things for his community. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, could go either way. Okay. Uh, Bell agreed to this, and then word of the demon began to spread everywhere. Reverend Sug Ford, being a little petty uh, for not being the one to get asked to spend the night at the Bells, uh, basically began to say that the demon was nothing more than a prank. He was the first skeptic of the situation. He did believe that Kate Bass was ordering her slaves to torment the Bells. Uh, when asked about the girl uh, when she was being slapped, he said that they were drilling holes and they were shooting at her with pea shooters. And that's why, you know, the sting sensation. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but when they looked around the house and the roof, no holes. They couldn't find holes for the possible hooks that we were using to take out the uh, the blankets. Uh, no holes for the pea shooters. Nada. Also, that doesn't so, really seem like it would make any sense for them mm-hmm, to be doing mm-hmm. that. So, so no. Uh, this part is kind of this was this is a source that connects to another thing that if I remember later on, I will mention. But when Betsy turned 13, in accordance to the law of Tennessee at the time, uh, Betsy was ready to get married. Her suitor, she had two suitors at the time. One of her suitor was a 31-year-old uh, man, her school teacher named Richard Powell. You know, we see a pattern here. Uh, Powell had shown up one day at a bell home and the conversation moved towards Betsy's romantic, you know, possibilities. This was her mother, Lucy Bell. She was the one who pushed the conversation into that direction. Uh, Betsy was also being courted by a boy named Joshua Gardner, who was 18 years old. A lot of the sources, three of them that I was listening to today, basically said that Joshua and Betsy at one point got engaged, but the witch started interfering in the situation. So Betsy left Joshua and ended up with Richard. There was another source that I found out that said that Richard was married at this time while he was trying to court 13-year-old Betsy Bell. Weren't multiple marriages okay back then? No. No. Uh, Well, it it nearly costed uh, Andrew Jackson's presidency when they found out the whole bigamy thing. Oh, see, I didn't know that. And I'm living here in Tennessee. I should probably know. I found that out because of the musical. Oh. Andrew, Bloody, Bloody Andrew Jackson. Good musical. It's a uh, it's a retelling of Andrew Jackson's life as a emo rock opera. So is it actually based in fact? Ish. I mean, not that he was emo, but, but uh, um, it's they're using emo music to explain the angst and the depression of of the of the period, and because he was the angsty president. But but please tell me that there's like at least one My Chemical Romance song in there. No, it's all original music. Wow. They're in the, in the well, when I saw it, when I saw it live, they had a scene where they use share. Okay, that's it. That's the but I mean, it's appropriate what they were using share for. It was the scene of the blood with the bloodletting. Okay, yeah, you know, but back then people were cutting themselves because that was the way to cure a disease. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's okay then, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, now we wouldn't do that, but. No, we don't do that now. We've learned. We've learned. Mm -hmm. We have health insurance, quote unquote. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) During the visit, uh, Richard and Lucy's conversation was broken by the sounds of Betsy's scream. They raced upstairs to her bedroom and it was blocked by the... A source said that it was being blocked by the sheets. I don't understand how sheets will block the bed, uh, the door from, you know, someone entering the room. But that's what the source said. They were floated. The ghost was floating them over the door to prevent anyone from entering. I don't know. No. Again, it was sheets. Again, it's sheets. Uh, So when they finally walked into the room, they saw Betsy being savagely slapped across the face. Then all the candles went out and the poltergeist began to laugh. This was, and one of the sources says this was the first time they audibly heard the poltergeist because by this point it, it wasn't speaking yet it will at one point 
that's when it gets uh, they they were blaming betsy for being a ventriloquist when the poltergeist started speaking or it was betsy or lucy they were both being accused of being a ventriloquist so they were basically just throwing their voice is what these people mm-hmm. thought okay. yeah that's a, well, that's one of the th- the big theories about this whole thing that this could be one of the biggest cases of fraud because it could be a big case about a family very very good at ventriloquism and tricking people believing that there's a ghost and uh, spoiler alert we're never gonna find out we don't know no. the truth so if you're listening everyone's to dead truth, we don't have it no 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 so so the even when betsy will spend the night at other people's homes the ghost will the entity will follow her uh it, it one of the sources i found it said that she was spending her night with one of her friends and again she was the same attack happened there. She was slapped. She was thrown off the bed. Wherever she went, wherever the family went, it followed them. When the community came together to figure out, the community came together at one point to figure out who was the culprit behind all the torments the Bell family was going through, it was clear and obvious at that time that the clearest and most obvious choice was Kate, Kate Bass. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the... By that point, after this, Kate was starting to get pushed and ostracized further from the community. There was a source that states that, yes, Kate Bass was the witch because the witch started to respond by the name Kate. But Kate was alive during all of this. She surpassed um, John Bell from what I found. So she was pretty much, you know, still there doing all of this mess, living her best life as best as she could with her slaves. Uh, by this point, the community began to give uh, the entity a name. But it, you give an entity, you give these ghosts or poltergeists or spirits a name, you're basically make them, making them stronger. You don't do that. You don't give them names. So they failed. Like they had a chance to get rid of it by just pretending it wasn't real. And here we are. Mm-hmm. So they began to refer to the ghosts as Kate or the Bell Witch. Row credits. There's another source that I found that said that it was Andrew Jackson who gave it the name The Bell Witch. You're going to say that it turns out The Bell Witch was Andrew Jackson. And then I would say we just came full circle, even though we didn't. We did it, but we we can't celebrate on the Andrew Jackson part because there's another spoiler. It gets sad on that part, but, you know, we can't discuss that yet. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, I found when I found that out, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a letdown." Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, this is all about you know bringing everyone down, mm, doing Bell, our jobs. The, 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 exactly. Uh, the Bells decided that maybe they should communicate with the spirit, keeping in mind that the witch had not openly spoken yet. It would communicate through a series of tapping sounds. So they will ask the questions. I think one of them was how many rooms the house had, and she will tap. Uh, how many slaves the bells had she will tap the number uh one of the nights when richard was uh, richard power was staying he began asking it questions in latin and greek because according to him if it's a demon it will respond to the latin and greek it did uh also why demons like latin because it's the oldest language right no it's not, it's not. what did i think it no, was i I, I always I thought I have a theory that basically the devil one they just heard a couple of Romans speaking it and he said oh that's the one uh, that makes more sense than what I said I mean it, I mean it's just it's just why Latin why Latin or Greek uh, it was after this that the entity slowly began to speak at first the family will hear a whistling sound 
and then whisperings through the house. And the whispering, uh, there was a source that said that the, uh, the whispers re were resembling the voice of Reverend Johnson. Uh, but when they were doing it, it was in a mocking tone. It was especially mocking the exorcism attempt he had when he stayed over their house. Once the spirit began to speak, the family members began to ask it questions. You don't, you don't interact with these things. You don't. No, you let them go. I mean, especially, especially when it's getting stronger by the day. It was during this time that John Bell Jr. asked the spirit who it was, and it replied with, I am a spirit. I was once happy, but I have been disturbed. And for a while, there was peace in the house after the spirit revealed itself. There was another, another source that I found that, the, that, that that line was a lot longer. But the basics is, I am a spirit. I was once happy and disturbed. That is the, the, the structure of it. There was the, the other one I found said it's something else. It explained that it was a Native American. And then at the end, it said, I have come to kill John Bell. So that's, uh, that's uh, again, that's always that there was several, there was two that said the same thing. It said the spirit re referred to itself uh, as once happy, then disturbed, and then coming to kill John Bell. But the basic is they refer to itself as a spirit and then it was happy and disturbed. And the disturbing part comes from the possible Native American tooth that fell from the skull that got lost somewhere in the porch or in, under the floorboards of the house. Okay. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. I, get, I also forget the, 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 the quote of the killing John Bell does, have, does come into play later on in a different source, but it happened later when they were communicating with it. And I would like to point out my computer just totally crashed. <laughs> and I, th I think the bell, Witch, now that it's dark out has come for us. And I'm quite concerned. I mean, we are calling her. We're saying her name off a lot. I try to avoid when I was writing this, I try to avoid saying mm -hmm. the word, witch. I would either refer to it as the entity. Oh, so a family friend named Frank Miles tried, uh, this source gave it, gave him a name, but the, one of the original sources said that he was just another mm -hmm. close family friend. And this one threatened to punch the witch. I mean, that's probably not a good idea. It's not, it's not. No. I mean, he believed that because the witch was attacking Betsy, logically he could attack it back, which means again, logically makes sense. Makes sense. Does it? If the if if a ghost is attacking someone, it's in a way you can attack the ghost back. It goes against everything we know about witches and ghosts and everything. Because like you could, they can go through walls. Can they? Well, I mean, I I mean vampires know. no longer can walk into anyone's house and need permission to do that. That is true. That is a fact. A fact depending on the mythology, but thanks to what we do in the shadows, it's more legit now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't like that part of the mythology. But he proclaimed that he proclaimed all of this in the bell home. The witch began to laugh and then turned and attacked Betsy by slapping her face. Frank saw this and launched, launched himself in the air trying to fight the invisible witch. The witch began to laugh and move chairs around. Frank will launch, launch himself again towards where the objects were moving. He was destroying the house in the process. The witch continued laughing and moving things around. That night as he was sleeping, he, he stayed in the house after destroying it. 
rude. So that night, as he was sleeping, the witch pinned him down on the bed, and the next morning, he he was found under the bed, scared. On his next attempt of trying to confront the witch, he started to throw flour around the house to try and see if he can catch the witch. And Lucy Bell put a stop to it. It kind of makes sense if you can throw flour, you can, the invisible force will leave footprints and you can follow yeah. it. But again, but it seems kind of suspicious that Lucy was like, no, don't it, do it. You boy, that is a very smart thing to say this. That was very suspicious because there's theories about her. There's theories that the witch yeah. and her were were linked. They were they, they, they were possibly the same person, or that the witch was mm-hmm. came to protect Lucy specifically. So mm. that's uh you I believe mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in the in late 18, uh, 1819, again another date that I'm only referencing it because I know that John Bell is still alive at this point. Uh, for all intended purposes, it was seems that Betsy would have uh, had the symptoms of a possession. Nowadays, what Betsy, Betsy was uh, showing could clearly just be epilepsy and seizures. Again, this is a very common thing back then. They would be confusing these conditions with like, you know, because of epilepsies and seizures, which is kind of sad because if you go back a tiny bit further in time, when the Inquisition was going on, half of the people that they were burning at the stake seizures and epileptic patients basically yeah because they just thought that they mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. possessed when in actuality they had a medical condition that nope. nobody knew about nope. but it's easier to say that someone's possessed than extremely easy do something even still it. to this to now to this day um it is uh, there's there's been a bunch of cases i think there was one in like tw- in 2019 or 2020 where so- stuff like that still goes on where people instead of just going mm-hmm. to get the help they need they do and they end up you know getting hurt in the process because of this it's terrible uh so she began to have fits in which she will be revived and faint and these episodes will go on from to tw- from 20 to 40 minutes there was another source that said that she will start to breathe really heavily and then she'll mm-hmm. start uh uh, pa- uh pacing and then that's when the fainting will start uh afterwards the bell witch will appear to have taken strength for the from the girl, uh, but never when whenever the witch showed up, it would. <laughs> but whenever the witch will show up, it wasn't to hurt the family. At this point, it was just to gossip. The witch was spilling. That actually sounds like a yeah. Fun the witch, witch was starting to spill the tea about everybody in the town. It was like if they were missing Ooh. church, who they were hitting, what mm-hmm. they were eating. That's what the and this is the part of the the a big chunk of the story of the bell witch kind of like floats around this is that the witch was just gossiping with the family god i'd be all about a witch like that like i as scary as it is to think about like a witch or poltergeist or whatever you want to talk about if all it's there to do is gossip with me you gotta also balance that you might be slapped every once in a while by the witch um whatever like i watch real housewives i know you know what it what gossiping consists of there's got to be a slap or two occasionally it has to it has to i guess so visitors began to showing up in great numbers. As, as I was saying, when they were showing up, John Bell will welcome them. They will, he will make a space for them in the house, or he will let people pitch tents in their in the grounds. And to ensure that no one will say that he was profiting out of this, he would offer the visitors food and shelter for free. And he would refuse any sort of compensation. The th- there's this... this 
it, it is very sus. It's very sus. But this is my part, though. He is he is in a way profiting out of this. He is exploiting his family. Mm-hmm. He is exploiting the situation in which they're in. So regardless if it's happening or not, he is exploiting them. He is profiting out of this. He is profiting for the attention. Okay. So yeah. So whenever uh, whenever asked the question of where the witch came from. The, the question the answer will always differ it would depending on the person who was asking the question the the witch will give a different answer to that person that's why there's all this the sources will go like oh it's a native american another one will say it was a uh, a soldier that got lost during the american revolution and then another one will say it's a little child at one point there's manifestations of different personalities but i we get to that later uh, the spirit will treat everyone differently to depending on the intentions of which they came to the house. If they came with the intentions to try to get rid of the spirit from the house, they'll get pranked, they'll get physical abuse. If they were skeptic, uh, who said that the voices was nothing more than ritualisms and shenanigans all around, uh, they were treated with screams of their own family members and horrific hallucinations that many left on the verge of psychosis. That sounds like a great mm. family weekend. Doesn't it though? I mean, it does sound like a normal family weekend, just with a slight more push into the psychosis part. <laughs> just slightly, just, just a little though. nudge. Uh, there was a, a, a bunch of the different, a bunch of sources that I was re- uh, listening to that were mentioning different people who came to visit the family. But this is one of the visits that I kind of liked the most. A visitor from England who had relatives in Kentucky stopped at the Bell family home to see for himself the phenomena of the house. Uh, he treated the visit as nothing more than another stop in his tour in America. John Bell asked him to stay a few more days after the Englishman told him that he missed his family. That night, the witch attacked the man, taunting him in the voices of his loved ones, telling him how much they missed him and how much they hoped he would return. It went on the entire night, terrifying the poor visitor. The Englishman left as soon as the sun was up. There was another one that said that the voice was communicating with his family in, in, in the England using his voice. And when the spirit was communicating back to him, it was using the voice of his mother. Okay. Or his wife. Seems a little, uh, I mean, a little strange. My, my, my only question is how good was the reception? That's well, that's what I'm confused about. It's overseas. Yeah. In the 19th century. I don't think I don't think signals were really good back then. So I don't know how good spirit communication is. Well, they probably have like the WhatsApp or, you know, Facebook Messenger. So that's, you know, that's probably how it worked. They were probably more like a walkie talkie since it's their voice. <laughs> right. OK. Ghosty talkie, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying it. No, no. Uh, this, despite Betsy being the target of the witch for a very long time, it was around this time that the witch shifted her focus to John Bell, who many said he was the intended target all along. By this point, the witch has been taunting them for two years, and it had evolved to the point that it could communicate and physically attack people at will. It was not only attacking them within the house, it was attacking them outside mm. of, in the grounds of the family, of the grounds of the of the farm. And that's why still to this day, you know, in the, I don't know when you mentioned you were going to do a story, but one of the documentaries I said that there's pe- the people make you sign a waiver because there is that possibility that you could get attacked mm-hmm. in the grounds or around the cave and they're not going to hold themselves responsible if the if the ghost slaps you or 
pricks you. Or- but I wonder how I wonder how often that has happened because the the whole deal that I'd always heard was that it would attack like family members. Even now, if they were to talk about it, they could attack. But like, I don't know of any. Known I heard cases. if you insult it, if you if you go into the cave or you go into the the the, the bell land with intentions of disrespecting them or in, or like being skeptic or being intentions of disrespecting the mm-hmm. ghost then it will do something the, what you mentioned about the, the the bell family not talking about it the documentary that i saw it was in, in youtube uh one of the bell members said that he knew that because of what he was doing openly talking about it that he was gonna get some sort of scare from the ghost and i wonder what happened like he was he knew he was prepared like he knew that something was gonna happen because he was opening this mm-hmm. door yeah, family members I've known have always said, you know, we can't talk about it because the witch will attack us. And I just wanted to know, has it ever happened? And no one seemed to have an answer as to whether anyone has ever actually been attacked by the witch for doing that. But who knows? I think it's, I mean, I'm going from experience from from back home in Puerto Rico, how things are with these sort of mm-hmm. traditions. If there is a sort of family tradition, like a legend, they would pass it on through the generations to the point that it becomes a part of the family that you completely just, you don't talk about the subject. You don't acknowledge the Mm -hmm. subject. It doesn't, it's a taboo within your own family to even, you know, engaging on that subject, specifically if it's something like a Mm -hmm. haunting, but I'm going to spoil something, but I don't want to, I'm trying to find the words to not spoil it. Good luck with that. Oh yeah. Okay. The witch said, allegedly the witch was saying that john bell was a bad Mm. man if if certain theory that we'll mention later if it's true it is a it will be very common that a secret like that will be kept for so long and that it will become part of the family that if they talked about it there will be quote-unquote repercussions because Mm -hmm. of it hence the whole poltergeist faking syndrome part of the story no, I buy that based on knowing exactly what you're talking about. I would say that would make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But people will find out later on what I'm talking <laughs> about. So the Bell Witch became a tourist stop. Oh, a stomp. <laughs> the Bell Witch became a tourist, a tourist stop by word of mouth. People came, uh, came to care, catch a glimpse of the witch. A detective from Baltimore decided to go to the Red River to expose the bells for fraud. He said he was an expert in quote-unquote trickery on the first night all he heard was simple scratches which convinced him that the bells were just lying but on the second night he was awoken by a grace a great force pressing down on him i just noticed that there's a lot of this pressing mm-hmm. force like there's some there's always that and i just remember that connected the first thing that i told that we can't talk about because that's a spoiler I'm going to mention why that right now is important. I just, well, yeah, I think assuming I'm thinking about what you are thinking about, then yeah, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I got That's very important. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, he, he awoke by a great force pressing down on him. His arms were being pinned up against his head and his face was being scratched and punched and a voice spoke to him. When the family came in, they found him, they found the detective angry and he started giving them glares because he was thinking that the family did this mm-hmm. on purpose. He, he was still convinced that it was the family. He was not convinced there was a ghost. He was still trying to figure out 
how how they did it, how they were capable of doing this. Then the voices from then the voice from the witch was overheard by everyone in the house presently at the moment, uh, telling him to go sit in the corner and wait until dawn to go. Basically, the witch shamed him, and he just sat and waited until the next day, and he left. Hmm. I mean, the the witch did that a lot. She shamed a lot of people, according to the stories and the sources. Despite all of this, Bessie and Joshua still carry on their courtship. That didn't last long. <laughs> the witch had a very much had the interest in making the dreams of Betsy's teacher Richard Power come true. By this point in the in the story, if Richard Powell was indeed married, his wife had died, according to the source. "Quote unquote." We don't we don't mm-hmm. go with that. We just right. ignore the fact that he possibly was married. One day, as Richard was walking along the road, the witch <laughs> smacked Richard and told him to go and stop the announcement of Betsy and Joshua's engagement. Before Joshua could say a word, the witch interrupted by saying that he will follow Betsy Bell whenever she go. So they had no choice but to break up. Which is kind of fishy that the witch, I don't know, I've always found that part of the story fishy that, oh, yeah, it worked in her favor that he, she had to marry the 31-year-old. And back then that was elderly. So he obviously had money and, you know, he was a teacher. There was also, there was right. She got what she wanted. There was a source that said that Richard Powell was very interested in the occult and in witchcraft. And he attached himself to this store, to the family because of this. Mm -hmm. This was also the same source that said he was married at the time. But we don't know what happened to his wife. We don't know. Uh, I, I don't remember if I, if I wrote this, but for everyone's mindset, Betsy and Richard did not get married so quickly. Betsy ended up getting married at 18. So everyone can breathe. She got married at 18, not at 12 or 13. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. I, yeah. I found, when I found that, I was like, oh, that's, that's, she's a spinster by that point in that period, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> since the moment the witch arrived, John had been plagued with aches in the mouth. Uh, and it was almost like someone was constantly punching him down the throat. This was obviously some sort of tooth pain. But yeah, let's go with witchcraft because that's where we're focusing on. It's the spooky, spooky, not that, you know, or hygiene was not a thing back then. Uh, first, these episodes will last a few minutes. Uh, with time, they grew longer and they will become a problem. It was it will get so bad that he was not able to move his mouth. I found his source that said that his, his tongue swolled. To the point that it lasted for hours. At, at one point, it was 15 hours that so he couldn't like move his mouth or his tongue to how bad it was swollen. That actually happened to me once when I tried diet pills, but that was not a witch. It was it was diet pills. Oh. My tongue swelled up for like an hour. That was a. It's not related to anything we were talking about. I just needed to interject with that story. Uh, so you're okay. welcome. My, and I got that in my head now. Thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. So. Also, his face, uh, he will start having like really weird twitches and, and, and contortions mm-hmm. in his face and all manners of weird expressions. Uh, he felt like a constant stabbing in his throat. And also there was fungus growing in the back of his throat, which was also oh. swelling his, uh, his throat as well. Um, let's, let's talk a little side note about oral hygiene, because I, I, after reading this, my brain just started thinking like I, if people were brushing their teeth back then. I had to figure out whether or not if this was a thing. And apparently it was. You know, dentistry in the US, well, I know about, you know, hygiene in the 1800s. Uh, <laughs> de- 
I forgot to mention that sometimes I randomly start singing and I haven't done that in a lot in this episode, but who knows? I might fix that. I mean, it's, it's fine. I do the same thing in, in general conversation. So I, I get it. My friends, well, my, my boyfriend basically says that he's living with Linda from the belt from Bob's burger. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So uh, dentistry in the U S was a practice by, by those who would often give you a haircut. I repeat, hmm. your dentist was your barber. Okay. I would trust uh, the woman, the friend who cuts my hair. I would trust her with my teeth as well. Are you sure about that? I don't know. I just wanted to say that to be nice. Are I don't sure know if really would. Okay. Uh, these people were called barber surgeons, and they they did more harm than good. This is They did way more harm than good. Um, in the 1840s, the Baltimore College of Dental Surgeon was founded. It considered to be a defining point in the field of dentistry. And toothbrushes from the 19th century were made from carved bone or ivory, which is the same thing, and often had large heads of insects with bristles made from animal hair, usually pig bristles. Delicious. Oh, I'd rather just have bad mouth. Right. And most did. And most did or have wooden teeth, allegedly. (laughs) Uh, so one, let's go back to the story. So one night, John Jr. and Drury burst into Betsy room, Betsy's room. She told them that a figure made entirely out of fire walked towards her and sat in her bed and kept emanating more and more fire without burning anything in the room. Uh, that sounds like a great dream. Great dream. Scary, but great dream. Uh, not so much. It, it, yeah. it, you, it could pot. Listen, it could be a human fly, a human nightlight. Actually, yeah, it would be good if you had, you know, a fear of the dark. It would light up the whole room. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't burning anything. So there's no damage. It wasn't burning anything. It was the, 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 the non-burning human torch. There you go. So Reverend Thomas Gunn uh, visited the bells and asked the witch the most important questions. What are you? What do you want? The witch revealed that she was indeed Kate Bass's witch. Like the, it was a witch that was summoned by Kate Bass. Mm-hmm. But the Reverend was not convinced. When asked why she did that, the witch replied to torment John Bell until his death. After the witch will only an- will only answer to old Kate. That's where the whole Kate Bass is the witch story to started because of the name. Mm-hmm. Again, I really believe that this was an- the author part to connect the story to real people oh that makes sense i buy it oh yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent the the witch began to manifest other entities uh one was called black dog another was called oh my god do i need do i need siri for this no i think sipo sipo three sipo go ahead siri take it away wait i'm gonna need you to keep going and then i'll interrupt okay so the other one was called Mathematics, and the last one, which was a child, was called Jer- uh, Jerusalem. And that one was that that manifestation of Jerusalem will come back later, later, later in Betsy's life. We found we, we, series ready for us yet? Not yet. Okay. So Mathematics had a bad drinking problem. Uh, the others would drink too, but his problem was really bad. Uh, but they will only drink if there was alcohol present in that was alcohol was present in the house. Uh, so if the, when they got drunk they will also start doing weird scratching sounds and barking sounds all through the house as well and 
uh, one of the sources says that John will sometimes taunt the spirit with uh, with liquor, and that will instantly make him drunk. Uh, P.S. Siri has no idea what that <laughs> word is, so all right, so I th- we're good. Cypocrafy, cypocrafy was the other entity. I'm trying to say because I don't want to get the witch mad, so. I, well, I, she's already pissed she's so extremely pissed with my how horrible I butchered that name but whatever she'll deal with it uh with now five entities to deal with john decided that, it, that maybe it was time to sell the farm and leave but the witch reminded him that wherever he go she will follow him to the ends of the earth that's the quote she says uh for john bell to get a moment's rest he will ask those of those few neighbors who was who was still around and who haven't abandoned the family to please come over and keep the witch busy throughout the night so he could sleep. But they were doing that by talking to her or asking her questions. And the witch will always answer the questions. And one of the sources says the witch was very fond of ask of replying to scriptures. Like the people will ask her, oh, what does John so and such say? And the, she will say the quote, oh, what do you think about this quote from the Bible? And she will say her, she was very fond of, of uh, scriptures there was a there was a source that was commenting on that says that demons will often appear to be very familiar with biblical scriptures and because it's their way of letting you know that they know your tools through mocking you through them so because i don't know kate though like actual kate Mm -hmm. was a big churchgoer and excuse the word big i didn't mean it that way because we referred to her as thick but you know, she would be somebody who would be knowledgeable and interested in scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, who knows if if it was really her or what? Oh, but... yeah, yeah. So by this point, John Bell was beginning to get physically worse by the day to the point that his facial twitches began to spread all over his body and he had no control over his limbs when these spasms will happen. Uh, if he if he had an oral infection, it was spreading, and this was a very bad sign. Like if it was, he was going to die. But we're talking about a spooky, spooky witch here, so you know, no tooth decay. It's a witch. That's an actual quote from my notes. Some of the neighbors believe that if they formulate the correct argument or use the right words, the witch would just simply go away because they were using logic against it. This didn't work. There was one a source that said that, oh, if you use the proper incantation plus a prayer at the same time, that didn't work either. Uh, John Bell was struck with an even more pain at the time. It was beginning to become, it was beginning to become difficult for him to breathe. With a swollen tongue and a swollen throat, I imagine it will be very difficult for anyone to breathe. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Miles, you know, Frank, uh, Frank, our friend Frank from earlier who who threw flour all over the house. Uh, Frank Miles tried to convince, uh, conceive a plan to try and help the Bells get out of Red River without the witch knowing. But she knew. She always knows. Uh, she struck him so hard that he fell out of his chair. Then the witch warned John Bell. Uh, and she, the, the source that I read, uh, she basically told him word by word the plan and then told him that if he tried to escape again, it will not be good for him. Or anyone in the family. Threats. Before anyone celebrates about this ghost being a badass woman, the ghost was a racist. Oh. Yeah, the ghost will uh, often insult the enslaved people of the house. She really, really hated them. 
Um, so the this is this part is also extremely. I'm just gonna say it, it was extremely shitty on the Bells's part. Uh, the <laughs> family would often bring the enslaved people into the house and use them as human shields because they they thought if they were inside the house, the witch would leave them alone. That's shitty. Yeah, there's really no other word mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. fits that situation. Yep. Uh, the witch will also harass. So it, me sliding note this part. According to the different sources, this was they mentioned three names. I'm only going to mention two because one of them confused me because I thought it was the mother, and then I found that it was the wife, and then another source said it was the mother. So we're not going to name that one. <laughs> so two different sources they've mentioned the names. It's pretty much the same story, but the names were moved. So I'm just going to keep it as I found it and as I kind of constructed it as best as I could. The witch will also harass the head enslaved men of the Bell of the Bell family in particular. Uh, like I mentioned, it's two different accounts, so I'm trying to piece together as best as I could. Uh, one of them, uh, his name was Seek, uh, and his wife started making him these things called witch balls for his protection. A report, I, uh, a source I found said that the witch balls were often made of herbs, and they were sm- They smelled really nasty. Because I mean, they that, don't sound like they'd smell good. No, I mean they, they. It was depending on how strong you needed the protection, they will smell that bad. In this case, the according to this source, the the this we these witch balls that were made, they were made from animal es- uh, excrement, human semen, human hair, spit, sulfur, and amongst a other bunch of other ingredients that I'm pretty sure were not store bought. And guess what? They failed. They didn't. They didn't work. Uh, one of the men whose name was Dean. Again, in the source, it's the other one. It's the other way around. The guy who had the witch ball was named was Dean, and then this one was named Seek. And then again, it just went around and around. So, one of the men whose name was Dean was carrying a witch ball, and when he saw the chimeras, the creature, the dog with the bunny head, it appeared to him and started shaming him for carrying the witch ball. Uh, he was holding the ball in his hand and it became so hot that he had to place it on the ground. Another sword says that the chimera creature, the bunny creature basically started shaming him so, so much, so, so much that he then started to direct his anger towards the witch ball. And at one point Dean, in order for him to stop, he just dropped it. It didn't get, became hot, but I just added the part that it became hot because I thought it was, it was better. I like it. No, mm-hmm. I like, I feel good about it. Either way, either way, both versions or all the versions regarding this particular event end the same way. The the witch ball exploded. So that's how it there it goes. There is a when at one point one of the sources says the creature was also going to attack uh, Dean, but before he could do that, um, he raised his axe and like cut off the creature's head. The creature disappeared. The next time the creature came back, it had two different heads. So it's really his fault, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it became a hydra at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I, I I only add these because it reminds me how you start peppering on additional facts, additional not facts, additional alternative facts for to these sort of stories that become part of the legend to the point that people will think they're true. Exactly. No, that's I. I yeah, that's accurate. Uh. By the 1820s, and this by this point, John Bell was about to die. Uh, the witch had become almost a permanent part of the house. It continued to pull pranks and attacks. 
but it didn't claim any new personalities or voices. When the bells had their nightly talks, the witch would join and join them in those talks. She would sing often, and her singing was quite nice. That's good to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was entertainment, free entertainment with some slaps and hauntings, but it was entertainment. Is that why you use the Taylor Swift reference? Were you trying yeah. to say that the witch sings like Taylor Swift? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. She was, you know, she was crying some tears on her guitar. I was trying to make another reference with like, I can't do a love story or you belong to me reference right now. And those are the only two songs that I can think of. Yeah, you went old school. You went like first Taylor song. But it's okay. That's as far as I got. That's as far as I got. Uh, okay. So the witch had taken the someone liking to everyone in the house. Obviously not to John Bell. She flippin' hated John Bell. Uh, because basically the witch wanted to bring down the patriarchy, but we can't celebrate her because, you know, a racist. Yes. So, so the we witch did they, not celebrate her. We don't celebrate the witch. We, we, we respect the witch, but we don't Do celebrate we? the witch. I mean, I don't want her showing up in my house. Oh, okay. So we're pretending to respect her. Oh, no, so no, 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 no. I mean, she's a racist, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with the witch. We don't mess uh-huh. with the witch. We don't. We learn we don't mess with the witches. Uh, the witch began to save the family. Uh, she would often intervene in situations to help them. She saved John. Uh, she saved Betsy and Richard from being killed by a falling tree during the storm. She will also make sure that Lucy Bell ate. Uh, for a time, she had falling ill and would not eat anything. And then from the ceiling, uh, hazelnuts and grapes would fall and the witch will tell Lucy to eat them. Or she will tell family members, oh, go get this and it's over here. Um, this part of the story actually happens later on and it ha- actually happens, I believe a source says that it happened close to John Bell's death. Another one said that it happened after John Bell's death. I just put it here in this part because, you know, the witch is saving everybody. So let's just save everyone in one single paragraph. Uh, While exploring the grounds, the the kids found a cave and and decided to play in it. One of those boys ended up getting trapped under the mount, uh, under a mount of dirt. They got dislodged in the cave and the witch ended up saving the boy. This cave is the famous Bell Witch Cave, which is the uh, the source of the hauntings, if according to some legend theories of where all this started from. Have you gone to the cave? No, I was supposed to go there when I worked with News 2 to shoot a story, but the owners would not let us into the cave. And there's been so many documentaries and things mm-hmm. that have been done where as far as I know they've gone into the cave and they've shot stuff in there and they just told me they were like you're not going in there so I said well then I'm not doing the story I mean I, mean, I didn't say it like that but I, I, I get the feeling I get the feeling that's so weird it was like a sassy response for me it's all the sass all the sass just but, give them all the sass for not being able to go into a cave that's haunted mm-hmm. but yeah like I've never I've never been over near it um, or anything like that. I hope to, but I hadn't same, done it. Same. There was a, a story that I read, and there was another part of the one of the documentary kind of like threw this also story into it. It says that the the, the owners of the land would sometimes have uh, police officers nearby the road where the uh, cave is because weird shit will happen there. I believe it. That there was one of the uh, some kids who stole a tombstone and their car flipped over. Yeah, I mean, 
or they were just bad drivers. You just never know. I'm just, I'm just being the skeptic here. I'm just making sure to question everything. Yeah, that's what you're here. You're just mm-hmm. here to question everything, and I'm here to bring the doom and gloom. Yep. And we gotta balance the doom and gloom with questions. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Work. <laughs> so uh, now, by now, by this point, the witch had pretty much started to leave Betsy alone. Let me rephrase that. She will leave Betsy alone to the point that she wasn't extremely attacking her all the time, but she wouldn't leave her alone in her romantic life. She still whispered to her and told her not to marry Josh, uh, Joshua Gardner. She still kept on in that situation. Oh, if you marry Joshua Gardner, something had terrible, bad will happen to you, blah, 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 blah. But the extent of the attacks were just completely focused on John Bell. That was who the, the, the entity was completely focusing all the attacks, all the energy, all the, the negativity was directed at John Bell. This part, this story, uh, this little section right here that I'm going to, next two paragraphs, I think. Yeah, I'm going to, I must start this off with saying that I dug to try, I dug and dug and dug to try and find more sources to collaborate on this story. Uh, I mostly try looking to see if the if the person was true, the 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 character, the main person we want to talk about. I found one thing that kind of says that it's possible oh. with a gigantic question mark. And again, this was like, oh, so literally, this is this is just another character, another person that existed was just plucked from the the the, the period and added into a story to give it more spice. Hey, but that's this okay. That's what we're here to do is tell that mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's spicy thing. It's spice that goes up. Okay. Now, like I said, now, like I mentioned earlier, the, you know, the witch was leaving everyone alone. It was focusing on John Bell and the family decided that it needed to seek help uh, from a renowned necromancer from Kentucky named Dr. Solomon Mice. And it's mice with a Z, not a Z. Not the C, like like mouse, like mouses. Like, no, no, not not no, not 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 that not that mice. Like, it's the other mice oh. with a z, zeta, a z. Oh. That's why it took me so long to figure it out because I was trying to I was trying to figure out how to spell that name. Mm-hmm. And then because there is a Solomon mice, but he's connected to a murder that happened in the 1840s. Oh. And I was like, oh, it's he's from Kentucky. Is he the guy? And I was like, mm, I don't know if it's the same person. So, so it's not I, though. It's not. I hope not. But at least we know that there is a Solomon Mice dead now, but he was alive at some point. Right. So, at, you know, like I was mentioning, he was a renowned necromancer from Kentucky. Uh, he came to the farm after the two Bell sons uh, went to Kentucky and begged him personally to come and intervene on the happiness of the family. Uh, I don't remember if they paid him, but he ended up going because he was intrigued by the situation. After several days, he arrived with instruments needed for a Victorian ghost hunter. I wrote Ghostbuster. <laughs> uh, I mean, that sounds, two... that's mm-hmm. true too, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one of the sources mentioned a couple of his instruments, but the one that I, I liked the most was these tubes. They were quote unquote change colors whenever the ghost or the spirit was near. Um, mood coloring shit. I mean, yeah, like a mood ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mood tubes, mood tubes. Uh, none of it worked, mm. unfortunately. Uh, for three days, the witch gave him nothing. He claimed that because of his powerful, um, uh, spiritual blessed presence, 
it scared away the witch. Uh, it didn't. The witch made herself known at one point by going. Uh, her presence went behind the wizard, uh, the source I found kept referring to him as the wizard. Uh, they, we went behind uh, uh, mice and said boo. That was it? Just boo? The, just the witch said boo. Hmm. And apparently he got scared and he jumped and then they entered into a battle of the wits. I like to think of it, it's, it was more like an epic rap battle. <laughs> that does sound more it, interesting. It does sound more interesting that they were both like telling your mama jokes after each other, one after the other to see which one, you know, roasted the other one better. Well, who wins? I mean, again, I mean, it's better because that uh, it sounds a lot better because at one point they started arguing about ancient secrets like, oh, how do you do a proper spell to levitate someone? Haha, <laughs> that's not how you do it. You do it like this. That's basically what they were arguing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point, the witch got personal because she's she's that she's that mean and started to directly attack Dr. Mice's techniques as a sorcerer and started to con- let me let me let me let me savor this moment because I really like this insult. <laughs> she compared him to an uncooked sausage. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know, but I'm gonna use that from now on. I'm gonna start calling people an uncooked sausage. Okay, I don't. I mean, I, I guess that wins an argument. I'm just not sure if it wins because people don't know how to respond to that. I mean. I, I, if you literally, I think if you call someone an uncooked sausage, you auto, it's an automatic win because I don't know how to respond to that. How do you respond to someone calling an uncooked sausage? No. You're driving and then someone cuts you off and you yelled them that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is a response that works. Mm-mm, there isn't. There isn't. Uh, so during the entire night while he was sleeping there, the witch just kept ta- insulting him and taunting him, insulting about his skills, his looks. She got really personal. The next day he left. Hmm. End of the story with him. Now, this this is the part. This is the part that I let me see if I. Oh yes, I did. I did. I, okay, so this is the part where Andrew Jackson shows up in the story. Okay, and I'm I'm gonna say very. I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna be very sorry for everyone's bubble. I'm gonna burst. Oh, but I want to. Okay, so in the late summer, the bells received one not- one more noticeable visitor. It was future president Andrew Jackson. Jackson was said to have visited the family, uh, the family farm, with seven uh, friends waiting to experience the witch for himself. It's alleged in this moment that it's he was the one who coined the term "bell witch," but we'll figure that later. That's not true. No, disappointing. Uh, Richard mm-hmm, Richard Powell uh, later wrote of the experience, but he forgot to mention who the special visitor was. I'm doing a lot of air bunnies, quote unquote, because how would you forget who your special visitor is? Well, he wasn't special back then. He was general. Oh, yeah. No, then he was. Yeah. And he was uh, Supreme Court something, something up before that. So he was pretty well known. He left him out on purpose. Just say it. Uh, well, can we, uh, let's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's sprinkle that one out for now. So Jackson and his seven bros, because they were all bros, uh, on a on, <laughs> made their way on a four horse drawn wagon. When suddenly, uh, when they were getting close to the property, the wagon just stopped moving, and the horses refused to move. Jackson joked that he was saying that the witch was among them, and the witch appeared, 
said that she was and then released the horses and said that the she was glad that the general was visiting later that night jackson and his companions heard more stories uh, of the witch over dinner and at one point the witch made herself known uh one of the companions pulled out a dead cat's tail i did not know that a dead cat can protect you from ghosts and spirits i mean back then anything could or they tried anything uh, uh, yeah true i'll give you that i'll give you that uh, so yeah he pulled out a get a dead cat's tail and began to say how this was a tool he had used to get rid of ghosts before claiming it would warn him when the witch was nearby he also said he had a pistol ready with silver bullets this part i don't i can't i can't handle the silver bullets <laughs> i can't handle the silver bullets i've this was in every source that i read either Frank Mills had uh, Miles had the silver bullets. This character had the silver bullets. Some other character has silver bullets. I'm like this. This is not how it works, you guys. They don't, you don't know kill which was. They don't bullets. know any better. This is in the past. They don't have Google or Wikipedia. I, I think it was today at work that I was actually thinking about this, and I, that it hit me like, oh, it could be because of the thirty pieces of silver. It could be because, oh, Jesus was betrayed by 30 pieces of silver. Mm-hmm. Um, silver could become like a tool to, quote unquote, attack the enemy. So because the, the silver was used to betray God, it could be flipped around in its benefit. That's the only reasoning that I could think of. But all I kept thinking was it doesn't work on witches. It works on werewolves. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not how it works, you guys. You guys need to read other books. Keep in mind that Dracula was not published yet. So fact. It facts. There was one quote unquote horror-ish book published at this period, and I forgot the name of it. And it's not a side note, but it's just that's the only thing that um when people were trying to explain, oh, how if the family could have been exposed to this sort of literature, they could have, but it was not a common book back then for them to have be able to say, oh, let's do what this book is saying and how to imitate a haunting or something like that. Another common book back then the 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 family may have had some sort of exposure to it could have been the Malayas Maleficarum, but that's more of a manual how to hunt witches instead of like doing a actual demon full on possession in the house. Again, I know a lot. I've been a week deep in this subject and my brain is just going with thousands of different directions just for one simple thing. Well, there there are a lot of different stories. That's the problem is you can read two websites and they have two completely different stories. But the one thing it's, it's the, the one thing is very true when we're going to get to the, about this part about Andrew Jackson. And again, I said, I'm very sorry for everyone's bubble that I'm going to burst. So uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the 30 pieces. Of okay. So the witch then showed up and began to speak and insult the man who was holding the cat's tail. The man started to shake and pull out his gun, but when he tried to fire, the gun didn't work. It, it, people, the, one of the sources said that it's because of the silver bullets, but then it was like, it's not silver bullets, it's silver tipped bullets. So again, doesn't work on witches. Uh, he tried again and it didn't work. And then the witch decided it was her torn, her, her torn to attack the man. And she lifted him up in the air and began to slap him. And then she lifted him up by his nostrils and began to drag him all over the room. The man then ran outside the house and never returned. Hmm. All right. He also, this is Andrew Jackson also left because they were all 
that he wasn't scared, but Andrew Jackson left quote unquote laughing and everyone thought it was a big joke. But let me put this, let me, let me hammer this one very, very down. Uh, presidential side note. And unfortunately this is the bubble that I'm going to burst. <laughs> this was fake. The story of oh. Andrew Jackson visiting the Bell family is found in Ingram's story. Ingr- uh, Martin Ingram was the guy who wrote the, who found the journal from Francis, from, from, from Richard Bell, and then wrote the story. Um, one of the additional, uh, this story is found in chapter 11 of the book. One of the additional reasons given for the visit is because the Bell family was scarce of resources. And with all the ordeals going on, the general visited them to give them a loaded wagon with provisions on them. That is, quote unquote, the, the, the reason why he was visiting them. It wasn't because he just wanted to see the ghost. Uh, it has been pointed out that the credibility of the Jackson story is extremely dubious to just straight out downright fake, which is where I stand. I think it's just fake. Uh, because by this point uh, uh, in Jackson's life, it was getting pretty close. He was getting ready for an election. And mm-hmm. everything he was doing was very well documented in journals, and everyone around him was keeping entries of what Jackson was doing in his life. So if he visited this family with this situation was going on, it would have been documented. There was a source that said it was because, oh, one of the Bell's children worked with um, Jackson and he told them what's going on. And that's why they went to visit. But again, it's very, very, very... I don't know how to say it. It's very thin ice, this the credibility of this story, because again, like I mentioned, it should it could have it should have been documented if it happened, because it, all the situation was going around. Jackson's life was very extremely documented. And also, also the election of 1824 was a bad, was like an intense, hardcore, malicious one. And it was extremely unlikely. That if Jackson went and saw a family that had a witch problem, his opponents would not have used that against him, to ridicule him. Yeah, but would they have known back then, oh, yeah, or they would, would they have. not have wanted to bring they it up? Have. But like, would they not have wanted to bring it up because it's taboo I'm to say, talk I just about? Let's see two things. Okay. Uh, Alexander Hamilton's affair. Andrew mm-hmm. Jackson's bigamy. How was they found that out? Everyone knows everyone's business back then. That's a fake story. That's it. We figured it out. Story. I mean, there's even in the, the documentary, I think one of the Bell family descendants basically even said to himself that he believes that the, fam- the story is fake, that there's no documentation that that happened. So well, I'm just, I say we just go with it as yeah. fake. Never yeah. happened. Yeah. So the witch continued to torment uh, on her torment on John Bell and made it worse. On one day, the one day that he was feeling better, or was slightly, you know, not as dead, uh, and sh- he decided to go out and work on his fields because that's you know you're you're coming out of an illness. Why not go outside and work? Uh, he went to work on his hog pens with his sons. Uh, while in the pen, John uh, John Bell was pushed hard and his shoes came off. The, the, sto- the sources, all the sources said the same thing to his sources. The shoes kept coming off over and over again. I just wrote that once because I thought it was it was going to be repetitive. They, oh, he puts them on, they fall off. He puts them on, they fall off. He puts them on, they fall off. It kept going on. It, every time, I think it was Richard or John Jr., whenever he tied them, 
they kept tying them even stronger. They did the for knots and they still kept falling off. And every time John mm. uh, Bell fell to the ground, the witch will slap him. And whenever he started having... She's like really into mm-hmm, slapping. Mm-hmm. She's very into slapping. Uh, and at one point, John, uh, John Bell just sat up and he sat on a stump and he started crying. And it was at this point that he started saying that his life was about to end. And the witch started to laugh. She was celebrating that he was acknowledging that he was about to die. So uh, by this point, but after this point, John basically lingered in his bed for two months in horrible pains. His body kept jerking. His face kept contorting into horrible spasms. Uh, a doctor was brought in to see what could be done for the dying bell, but he had no idea what to diagnose him with. I mean, at this, at this point in time, I'm not going to trust a doctor with diagnosis. <laughs> this period, no. Probably not. No, they're probably, again, they'll probably do leeches or end up cutting you that's your you got healed they'll give you cocaine oh that doesn't sound bad this is not the 80s josh oh sorry i thought we were at studio 54 no, no. uh upon searching the house uh, he found a vial of black liquid inside the witch appeared and said that she had been giving it to john senior she then added that she had finally given him enough to kill him uh, there was a, another source that said that when uh, John Jr. went into the cabinet in the bathroom to look for his father's medicine, the only vial he found was this vial with little black liquid inside. The point is that regardless where it was found, it was a vial with black liquid inside. That's the, the, that's the main thing in this part of the story, regardless who found it. The doctor, upon hearing this, this also, regardless of who found the vial, it's Another part of the story is also true, quote unquote true. Um, the doctor, upon hearing this, asked the family to bring their cat, gave a small, tiny drop of the liquid to the cat, and the cat died instantly. Oh. And there was another source that said that the cat started having spasms, started running around, and then it stopped and it fell over and died. Either way, okay, that's the cat worse. Dies. Uh, upon yeah. smelling John's breath, the foul smell, the foul scent from the liquid was also in John's throat and uh, his mouth, which basically the doctor basically concluded that he was being given the liquid. I mean, that's medicine back then. With nothing, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the part that just like got to me. With nothing else to do, the doctor basically said it's time for him to go home. He got paid and he left. Yeah, but we've all had that happen where the doctor's just like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Just go home. But he got he got paid too. Well, I mean, he deserved it. I mean, true, 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 true. Uh, that night, uh, this was uh, December 20th. Wait, I got the note. I got the note. John Bell died on December 20th, 1820. Uh, the she uh, the witch the witch succeeded in her purpose, and after the f- so I wrote here that after the funeral she disappeared, but it's not co- exactly like that. Af- the witch was very quiet the entire day of the funeral until the body was in the ground. Once the body was in the ground, she started celebrating. According to the sources, I I forgot to add the, write this part. In every source, said the same thing. She was basically singing shanties. Hmm. In celebration of John's death. So she was singing a good old sea shanty. So basically she held a gala 
a party to mm-hmm. celebrate his death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what she did. Uh, for the, the witch stuck, she stuck around for the with the family after John Bell Senior's death. But her her activities on, on the house were not as exciting as when John Senior was still around. Uh, Bell Senior was still around. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Betsy at the age of eighteen married. Yeah, she married her teacher Richard Powell, and for what is said, she lived an extremely happy life with him. Well, that's good. But we'll get to that part because there's a theory, there's a story about that, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, after seven years of John's death, the witch made one more appearance. This this part of the story, I heard two different uh, versions from every source I heard. <clears throat> they, they said the same thing, but the witch showed up. She made a couple scratching sounds. And since no one in the family paid attention to her, she left. So many came to believe that the spirit of the witch uh, never truly left the grounds, but then retreated deeper into the cave, which she's a, she awaits there for anyone to disrespect her or disrespect the land. There is another theory, another part of the story that said that when the witch came back, she came back to John Bell Jr., or I think it was Richard, was one of them, and she basically started giving him prophecies that she accurately this uh, uh prophesized the civil war world war two world war one world war two and then she said that the world was going to end through fire oh that's i mean girl and that's super general i mean the world's going to end through fire either way so you need to be more specific but apparently like one unquote allegedly the this last encounter with the witch was that that she came either she scratched and then she left or she gave some prophecies to one of the bellboys and then she left but either way she gone it, it, allegedly she gone where we're gonna we're gonna talk some some sprinkling of theories here if you have some theories josh sprinkle them too i have a, i have a theory it's all okay. fake you want to <laughs> From, from 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 this original source or, or the whole haunting all thing? of it i think just right straight yeah, up fake. i just go with fake okay it means it makes life a little it really does because i don't have to, to think that there's out. a witch out there that's coming for me so yeah i'm just gonna go with fake but i want to hear your actual mm-hmm. theories well, well well we'll get to my actual big theory soon but let's go with everyone else's theories uh now, there are several theories as to why, what could have led to this. One of these theories has said that two of the bellboys, one of the stories I found was Jury and a friend from the family, but let's just go with two of the bellboys. They found a native burial ground. Um, they dug up one of the mounts, uh, thinking that they were going to find for treasure. They found bones. They took a jawbone to the house. I found another source that said it was the skull. And because one of the tooth fell off, Again, one source said it fell onto the porch. Another one said it fell onto the wood floors of the house. So that tooth fell off. The spirit became mad. It was a missing piece. And then it attached itself to the house. And that's the reason for the mm. haunting. Which, if you... Did you see the poltergeist? The, the, the movie poltergeist? No. Okay. Uh, did you know about the, the skeletons of the no. movie? Okay, let me educate <laughs> you. So the 
quote unquote alleged props, skeleton props in the in the Poltergeist movie. They weren't props; they were actual oh, skeletons. Gross, but all right. Did they use? So that's yeah. So that's one of the reasons why the movie they said that the movie was cursed is because they use real human skeletons. Hmm. You know, there's just they they disturb the dead. Uh, another thing they said that uh, I think the cemetery they they moved the cemetery, but they didn't move the bodies. So it's just kind of the same thing that they did mm-hmm. in the movie. But yeah. Yeah, but mostly the skeletons were real. They weren't fake. Uh, the story was passed on to John Martin Van Buren Ingram. Uh, they said that he was given the diary by one of the bells. Uh, it, it was in those pages that he began his work. Uh, several theories. There are several theories as to us about this. My theory is that he took these people who were actual historical people and then warped the story around and made it into a work of fiction. So you know what that means? Not real. Fake. Because this is this is the this is the the the, the bang thing though. He was told he couldn't publish the diary or go through the diary until all the bells from that generation mm-hmm. had died. So none of those people who had direct link to the story could you know uh, validate the validity of the story even though even though there were people in Adams at the time who were still mm-hmm. alive, you know, well into their 80s or 90s or 100s, who could still, to an extent, kind of give truth to this. But the main family, all dead. Seems all of them pretty gone. Pretty suspicious. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so again, that's where I land. I, I, that's where I land. I think that he took the story, took these people and kind of like warped it around and then exaggerated certain events to make it seem what it is today, which is why we have so many versions of this story that it's really difficult to like <laughs> pinpoint one that you can navigate right. your way through, even though he has his version, which is the original one. There's still others that again, na- navigating. Yeah. It's also theorized that the bells could have been using a form of ventriloquism uh, to cause most of these events, but it doesn't explain the attacks on the family. No. That's the one thing that the theory kind of falls on. Like, yeah, the, the Betsy Bell has been described as the, a great ventriloquist, but why was she exactly. getting slapped? Why was she getting, how was all of this mm. happening? There was a, I think it was in the in the first episode that we recorded, we were, ta- when we were talking about demonic possessions and all this stuff. There was a psychologist, it was a quote from a psychologist that said, you can explain things to a certain extent, but then after that extent, how can you explain the rest of the stuff? Which is kind of where I fall with this story too. Like you could explain certain things to an extent, but then afterwards. Exactly. No, that's why I go with fake. So I don't have to think about even trying to explain any of it. All right. This is, this is the, 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 this is the part. This is the part. We got to the part. All right. Big warning, you guys, super trigger warning. Yeah. So this is not exactly a theory. This is more like a weird epilogue sort of placement in the story that Van Buren, the, the Ingram actually has in the book. So the, the epilogue, this, we, I'm going to call it the epilogue. The epilogue basically states that 12 years into the marriage uh, of Betsy and Richard, the same tapping sounds started again in their home. And Richard was like, hell no, we're not going to deal with this stuff anymore. So he took Betsy to a hypnotist to get to the root of the problem, of the root why all of this was happening, because there were still several questions as to the whole why the witch attached itself to Betsy that was never fully understood. While under hypnosis, uh, 
she began to speak in one of the voices of the witch. She began to speak in the voice of Jerusalem. There was just the little boy. And she began to say that the creation of the witch was to protect Betsy because John Bell Sr. had begun molesting her at the age of 12. Many of the witch's activities were, were said to imitate what John was doing to Betsy, like pulling the sheets, slapping her, especially the part about the pressure, like the, that's what the, that I mentioned to you earlier, the, the whole when the witch was sitting on people and putting the, her entire body's weight on the person is because it's a mirror image of what would, was John Bell doing to Betsy when he was climbing into her bed at night by placing all his weight and his pressure on her. While under hypnosis, basic, Betsy said that she, um, she was led by the witch to, uh, to some poison berries in the forest. And she told her what to do with them and how to serve, her to, to serve them to her father. It was also stated that this could, this, this could be possible because the poltergeist will often latch itself into victims of abuse in these sort of situations. So do you want to tiptoe around this one? I mean, that's a lot of psychology going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with this one, I'm... It's, this is where I, I, I get I get in that weird. Mm, I mean, stand it's, it. it's possible. Anything's possible. It is extreme. It's, uh, it, it's true. within, like I said, within the yeah. You actually said something true within the realm of the multiverse of possibilities. Unfortunately, this is the the biggest possibility for this story. And if you if you uh, oh god, in American Haunting. Um, this is kind of the storyline that they go with. And if you guys can feel my energy right now, I am rolling my eyes really hard right now because it's just, it is a very subject, a touchy subject when it comes to like this sort of, this sort of theme and how you're kind of representing it. I just felt like they, the way they did it, it was very poorly done. Mm -hmm. Specifically when you're trying to use this story to kind of like, use it as a symbolism for a parent molesting their child. It did not work that way. Mm -hmm. It did not read that way. Um, I would have just preferred the city with the straight up haunting because it would have been, it would have been better, even though the movie was terrible, it would have been a lot better. But again, this, this particular theory, how it just plays out, especially it's actually with something, I don't remember if you said this earlier or I said this, one of us said this, the family doesn't talk about the witch. Mm -hmm that they don't talk about these secrets. They don't talk about this stuff for ever, or they try to avoid the subject. It could be also this, it could be that this was a big family secret and they just don't acknowledge it. And that's their witch. I mean, that's, yeah, I was going to say that's all entirely possible. All of these are, I mean, possible theories, but I still go back to mine of, Hey, it ain't real. That is the easiest one. To, to it would be a lot simple. It's a lot simple to just view, view things like it's it's all fake. Yep. That's what that I always go with. Simple, but... When in doubt, fake. But what if you have to pill a, a pay a big bill? Is that fake? Yep. Each and every time, it goes in the drawer because it is not real. Uh, I, I I commend you for that because that may not last long. No, no, I don't think it will. But. 
mostly because I'd rather not, you know, lose my house or utilities or or car. But other than that, it, it's working so far. I mean, far. you could always go live with in the cave with the witch. I could, except they won't let me in. <laughs> this true. They won't. They won't. They won't. Nope. Uh, one fault. One final thing before we wrap this whole thing about something about the cave that I found. I found today. I didn't found today. I already knew about this, but my dumb self forgot to add this to the notes. There was a burial ground found inside the cave. There was two. There was one of a, of a woman, of a child. And there was another one of a male sitting. And it was reported that this was from the Mississippian era. I, I for the love of me, completely forgot the, era, the, the number of how many years it was. But... Uh, it was very common for this group of natives to bury their bury their kin in these caves sitting up which is a common thing also that they some of the earlier natives in puerto rico used to do but we're not going to get into that part but uh where they found they found these people in the in the cave but here's the big but the bones from the girl from the native girl they were missing hmm and it was alleged that they were stolen by grave robbers trying to look for, for gold in the cave. Because again, these when they were when these people were buried, they were buried with offerings, they were buried with treasure. So they were looking, they thought they were looking for this stuff for more gold. They took the body. A curse was spread, was unleashed on the land. You don't mess with the dead. Nope. And that's a plot in a lot of movies. You don't do that. If you have ever seen any movie ever that has to do with mostly from disney well okay yeah well that's more that's more like no no family member that's more like a no parents right yeah but yeah no that's so that's basically the thing that they stole the they stole the the ghost the i mean the corpse of the the bones of the girl the girl and then that's unleash the whole thing there was also another thing that said that the the cave acts as the door for spirits so that's why there's a lot of hauntings and there's a lot of spirits in the area that not just that one witch was haunting them, but there was plenty of spirits about in the place. Either way, I want to go to that cave. Well, you're not going to get in. Good luck. <laughs> I'll sign I'll sign as many waivers as I have to sign in order to get to that cave. I actually wonder if they're letting they people open. in. Oh, it's closed. It is closed? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because of COVID. They were supposed to... They, um, they do for the entire month of October. They used to do the spirit, the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and every year, I think they did it. They did a different version of it. Oh, crap. Well, they will adjust it. But um, since last year, the place has been closed because of the COVID. I'm sorry, a witch can't kill COVID? No. No. Rude. Yeah, she probably started COVID, too. I mean, that's a discussion for another time, I guess. I guess we that's witches and curses and and spells and illnesses go together mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, it was it was a great time talking with you, Josh. Thank you so much. I appreciate you letting me be a part of this and learning a lot of new information about the Bell Witch, which you know I've and in future a future episode we're going to learn about the vampire epidemic. You know I'm going to be googling that right after this. I have to. I'll I'll send you. Actually, let me do that right now before I forget. I'll send you the, the podcast where I started hearing the story about the the um the vampire epidemic, which was it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. And it actually went on for like a hundred or something years. I might wait until it's daylight to uh listen to that though. 
if we're being honest it's 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 comedian so it's funny oh, okay. you know, it's gonna be haunting but it's funny okay it, it brings the spooks but with the giggles and the laughters i'm okay with that little mixture mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well it was like i said it was a great time and hope you had a great evening with us you guys and um, we hope you learned something or not because either way you're still contractually obligated to listen to me and if you're just killing time that works too that works extremely well too (laughs) it's also extremely well too so uh thank you and uh merry christmas and happy kwanzaa good night it's a good night well whatever whenever time you listen to this good Good morning good night good day sayonara